internets. Get ready for combat. You're tuned in to another episode of the Combat Jack Show. The CombatJackShow.com. Please realize, internets, that the Combat Jack Show is powered by the Loud Speakers Network. Internets, run to your computers right now. Run to your smartphones. Go on iTunes. Go on the Combat Jack Show. Rate, subscribe, comment. Do that. I love when I see our numbers grow on iTunes. iTunes has been very good to us, and iTunes is being very good to you. What's up, Dallas Penn? Combat Jack, what's going on, brother? I'm great, man. How do you like the new spaceship, man? You haven't oh, seen this place, man. man. man Engine man. Room Studios. This is serious stuff right it's here. It's pushing I... us through the stratosphere right now. <laughs> Internet, for those of you that, that mess with the Star Wars universe, we are now in one of these Naboo space crews. This real slick chrome galaxy. It's your first time here, man. It's my first time recording. Recording here. Yeah. I mean, we were at a party here We've, three I've years ago, but that shit don't matter. a couple matter. of things here. But we think you're recording now in this bitch, man. That's, it's crazy. Engine Room Studio. Let me hear you say that, man. Engine Room Studio. That's right. The address, internet. No, I thought we wanted to tell. Okay. Anyway, it's good to see you, man. In your absence, man, we, we recorded a, a, go, you, a ghost episode. My with absence. El- your absence, man. All right, you want to talk about it? I'm going to tell you what happened. What happened? The Illuminati came we, visited we, we, me. We were, we, were, we were set to tape with Elliot Wilson. It was, you that, did that tape whole, with Elliot that Wilson. That whole night was fucked up. But anyway. The Illuminati came to me and we, said- We were supposed to meet at 9 o'clock. said, sit your ass down. What happened, man? I got a visit. Stop playing, man. No, you didn't get no visit. Nah, be not- They not. told me don't go in. They told me don't go in there. Why not? Don't go in don't, there. Don't talk to Elliot? Don't go in there and, and steal shine from Elliot. But meanwhile, meanwhile, Elliot said so much, the Illuminati went and snatched Yo, the audio. man, we still can't get <laughs> Elliot Wilson back in the studio, man. He came on the show. Illuminati. He dropped so many jewels. And he dropped some, actually, he dropped some secrets in terms of how he was creating his blueprint. Skull and bones. And I'm starting to think that Elliot realized he gave us too much information. Masonry. not fucking with us anymore. So, Internets, if you're interested in seeing and hearing Elliot Wilson back on the Combat Jack Show. Do me a favor, man. Please tweet hashtag YN on the Combat Jack Show. That's a lot of words. That's a lot of letters, but just do that, man. Okay. Elliot and B dot. Or at Elliot Wilson. Two L's with two T's. Yeah. Yeah. Get back on the Combat Jack Show. Yeah. Let's use the social media for good, positive cause, and let's get YN back in here. What's going on, Premium? What's going on, Carmen? Man, we're just doing it, man. Just doing it, man. Just doing it. Listen, man, I've been hearing a lot of shit, man, on, on, on social media. People have been saying, like, yo. What they saying? The other podcast <laughs> stepped it up, and they're killing it. <laughs> and, you know, the best two hip-hop pack podcasts in the world is y'all and them. And it feels great when, you know, there's, like, only two in the ring. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And salutes to the other podcasts. But I did something this past week that I never do. I've never even seen them other I did dude. something last week that I never did. And I started listening to other podcasts. I never even heard them And I was listening dudes. to the other podcasts. I was listening to the other podcasts. And they're friends of the room. But I was listening to the other podcasts and I got sad. Mm. Why'd you get sad? I got sad because of the comparisons. Cats are comparing us to the other podcasts. And I got sad because I was like, like that's like, like an ins- y'all are insulting me. Yo, no moss. Like no shots, no shots. But I put my life and soul into this fucking podcast. Mm-hmm. Dallas Penn comes in here, you know, rain, sleep, whatever. Un- unless he doesn't feel like it, he comes in here. <laughs> Premium. We've been doing this shit. I feel yo, like I don't brag, and I don't mm-hmm. brag a lot. 
But what I do do is when I know I'm doing shit greater than anybody else, I will tell all you motherfuckers out there. And I think it's a fucking insult when you compare me to the other podcast. Who if you are fuck they? with me, if you are a fucky burg and you fuck with me, you will not compare me <laughs> to the other fucking podcast ever again. We good? Good. Because that shit is a, yeah, at first I thought y'all was giving me a fucking compliment. I thought y'all was bigging me up. And then you listen to the other podcast? And I listen to it, and it's good, and they... Yeah, my interviews! Bazuda! Don't do that, internets. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't fucking do that. Okay. We hype now. Breathe. Breathe. We hype now. We hype now. I somebody mean, but, even said... Combat, some, no, somebody even Tell said... Tell me how you really feel, though. Somebody even said... That the other podcast has stepped it up so much, mm. and we gotta bring in the reinforcements. We gotta bring in the DJ Ben Hamid and the Matt Razzes and where the what? fuck is Matt Raz? And I'm like, yo, they want the black, white, and yellow back. They want all of that shit. And I'm like, yo, come on, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't fucking do that. Anyway, I mean, I <sighs> now they just fucking with you. They, yeah, now they did. They, they I've been losing it on social media recently. I've been just. They've been pushing my buttons and this and that. and I They just, got you. But don't do that. Don't do that. Don't fucking do that. That's like comparing pizza to Mr. Chow's. Don't do that. Don't, don't fuck with me like that, Internet. I thought we rock. I thought we was on the same fucking page. Don't do that. What else is that like comparing? What else? No, I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Let me, let me back. Where's Matt Raz, man? Matt Raz is... Uh... He's doing things with the, the last week's network. He's, he's, he's doing didn't, some crazy shit. Didn't, with he, the, didn't he get an executive promotion now? He got executive promotion, and he's rocking on the fan bros, but that doesn't that should not preclude him from coming on a Combat Jack show. No. No, Matt Raz is always, even if he's not here, like I think when I'm not here, he's still on the Combat Where's Matt Jack Raz? Show. Do we want to see Matt Raz back on this show, at least for one fucking episode? We we should hear. Is, is he, is he a suit right least, now? Not at least, Matt Raz. Get the fuck. Yo, is in he here. is a fucking executive right now? He's not he's fucking on with some us. Executive shit. He's, I, I, we, like, he could be we, on some executive shit, but he needs to come. He in doesn't here and play talk in the, the yard people. anymore. He, Matt Raz, come on the fucking combat. Matt Raz, when we had that conversation. I wasn't happy about that conversation, but I don't like the fact that you're not fucking with us like that, yeah, no Raz. Matt Raz. Shit ain't changed, Matt Raz. Shed a tear for Raz. Don't, shit don't get on. Don't, don't get on no white privilege shit. Yeah, man. Don't do that, man. Listen, I'm with really, fucking Jenkins. I'm really happy, man. Internet. One thing I am happy that you've done is over the past couple of weeks, man. I've really, 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 really been campaigning to be nominated as one of the best podcasts in this podcastawards.com uh, thing going on. I I don't really know what the fuck it is, but I was like, you know what? It would be nice for once after all this content. Mm. Me and Dallas Penn and Premium Pete and DJ Ben Hamid and Matt Raz and Just Blaze have been giving you over these past several years. Hey, King, what up? We've been giving you all this free content and just doing it unheralded. Like, I know we're the people's choice. We're the people's champ. But once once in a while, it would be nice to get a fucking trophy. Mm -hmm. So this thing popped up, podcastawards.com, and... Uh, <laughs> My man that runs um up north trips, Ev, mm -hmm. Ev yes, Boogie, yes, yes. Ev, Ev Boogie put the battery in my back. Mm -hmm. He was one of the first guys to like nominate us for this category. So all past October, I've been going hard with this shit. Mm -hmm. And guess what, man? We are officially nominated. Okay, as one of the content contenders for one of the greatest podcasts of the year, top ten. And the category we're in is in the cultural arts category. Ooh. Nice. Yes. Round of applause for the coach. to all of you internets out there. The, the crazy shit, though, is we got some heavy contenders. That's all right. 
To our left, run, run off run some of these people that we about to box. To let to our left, box we up. got we got uh, <laughs> we got uh, NPR and some pop shit going on. It's NPR, major institution. Mm-hmm. NPR, we're up against NPR. NPR, and mm-hmm. to our they got right, government. Yo, NPR got the shit the government got. They got the shit the government got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to our right, this American life. Mm-hmm. Isn't that like the fucking HBO of this shit? <laughs> And we're sandwiched right in the middle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right in the middle. So now, now, internets, your votes count. Internets, black Twitter, and this is a real. I understand there's a real award Facebook. ceremony. There's an, a real, a real award ceremony. I guess at the top of the year, some shit in Las Vegas. My where they give you a real fucking trophy. Black Planet, get activated. Podcastawards.com. Podcastawards.com, man. Cultural. Arts category, Search the combat, for the combat jack, jack show. show. Listen, man, we got an interesting show, man. He's not a rapper, he's not a producer, he's not a radio celebrity or 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 um fucking reality TV. No, th- this time around, we got a techie dude. Man. Mm. A he Neil, gets a, 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 have y'all heard of Anil Dash? Anil Dash. That's some. Um, that's Mrs. Dash or something. No, Anil Dash, man. From what I understand, <laughs> he's like a entrepreneur. Mm. And he fuck he's one of the guys behind Greedhead. What up, Big Baby Gandhi? Mm-hmm. And you know Heems. the whole nine Heems and the whole nine. But he's he's really respected in this tech world, mm-hmm. and he's considered like a pioneer in in the blogosphere and the whole nine. And he's got very important friends. Mm-hmm. And somebody told I, I asked around. I was like, I want to. I don't want to interview a rapper this week because I know Dallas. You get tired of us interviewing rappers every week. If you interview another rapper. I may never come back here. Again. See, see, so I had to, I had to go out the, you know, go out of our lane and get somebody that's not in this lane, but really could come and talk to us. You didn't go out of educate our us lane, into this whole thing. So listen, internet, can we come back? We'll sit down and break it up, chop it down with Anil Dash. Shit. We're tuned into the Combat Jack Show, CombatJackShow.com. The Combat Jack Show is powered by the Loudspeakers Network. F your radio show, F your TV show, and F your podcast. Yeah. We go shopping and we don't get arrested. Internet, make sure you head on over to our iTunes page. Subscribe, rate, download, check out all our episodes over there on our iTunes page. But most importantly, we need your support. Because with your support of liking us, rating us, subscribing, and leaving comments, we can hit the featured page on iTunes, and then we will be official super fucky bergs. So make sure you fuck with us, Internet. Internet, you're tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. Please note that the Combat Jack Show is powered by the Loudspeakers Network, the Loudspeakers Network coming to a smartphone, laptop, near you. desktop, near you. F your radio show, F your podcast, and F your TV show. Listen, Internet, as I mentioned before, we have a very special guest on the Combat Jack Show. Tonight we have Anil Dash, and Anil Dash does a lot of things. He's a blog pioneer. The tech world refers to him as a cultural curator blogging evangelist working on a new app called think up he's also affiliated with the label the rap label greedhead welcome to the combat jack show thanks for anil dash on, anil dash yeah, I'm glad to how be are here. you doing tonight man i am good i'm good yeah. this is exciting i don't belong here i'm excited about what that. do you mean you don't belong here <laughs> you are here my dude i think you get you get artists you get you know brilliant creative people i'm like i'm a i'm a nerd so i'm like i'm cool this is the coolest thing i'm ever gonna do <laughs> okay well well thank thank you for that man but you you have to understand man that that I think most of us that that come here, most of us that gravitate here, even your favorite rappers, yeah. have admitted that they're nerds and they're geeks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, that's time. true. We all geek out about yeah. something. That's for sure. So uh, the reason why I invited you to the show, man, is because you know we've 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 been on this good roll with 
interviewing, you know, people's favorite rappers and producers mm-hmm. and the whole nine. And I yeah. kind of wanted to just take it a little bit, little bit different in a different direction. So I, I spoke to a couple of people that are, that I really respect. Mm-hmm. And I said, who should I interview for my show just to take us in a different direction? And a couple of people said, you got to interview Anil. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's flattering. And passionately too. Passionately. Like you <laughs> got to. Yeah. Right? So Anil, what the fuck do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I hustle, man. Uh, you know, um, I'm the son of immigrants, right? So you you take whatever job you can get. But I, I, from these, from India? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my folks came uh, from India, and and my dad came in 50 years ago last month, and uh, that was like there were no Indians here. So so yeah, you know, I grew up with them working all kinds of jobs and working hard, and I'm doing the same thing. The main gig I got right now is ThinkUp. Uh, it's a new company. Um, I got a co-founder, Gina Trapani. She uh, founded Lifehacker, a pretty popular blog. Um, and we're building out this app and a company around it. But I got, you know, I still do a lot of writing. I got a blog, uh, Dashes.com, I've been doing for uh, 14, 15 years. And you've years. kind of been stirring the pot, pot, pot with that with that blog? Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's the, that's like home base. Like I, So I started blogging 99. And why 90? Why did who the fuck was blogging? In there was, you know what? There was like 30, 40 of us, right? 30 or 40 bloggers. Right. And I thought, oh man, there's like 40 blogs, man. Like there's nothing left. I'm late. Right. <laughs> That's really it. And then, and, and then the other, you know, whatever, 40 million show up and, <laughs> and, and you're like, maybe I was early, but at the, at any new medium at the beginning, you don't know. Right. You know, and it, and it, in retrospect now, 15 years later and I'm grown and I'm married and I have a kid, all that. And you're acclaimed, and you're a pioneer in the whole night. Well, I'm respected, but yeah. also I have the, the friends, the peers that were in it with me then, I've seen go on, and they built Twitter, and they built Flickr, and they built, you know, LinkedIn, and they built whatever. So, you know, that's guys... A good, that's a good freshman class. Man. Yeah, yeah. So so I see, you know, folks that I came up with who were broke as a joke sleeping on my couch that are going to come out of this Twitter IPO with a lot of zeros behind stunting yeah one percent yeah 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 not percent right right, right. like on some other level and i think and i'm i'm happy for them like i'm proud of them but i think um that wasn't like that wasn't expected right and to my mind i mean in this context especially i think people can appreciate it is it feels to me like hip-hop in terms of early on somebody's at a block party spinning records and and somebody's rhyming that they're not thinking this is going to be the soundtrack to the world right and quickly right in 20 years not in a hundred years but like it's going to happen in a heartbeat within your lifetime yeah 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 like i don't i don't think i you know i remember literally being excited calling somebody up on the phone saying i saw the word blog on tv like this is major like the word blog was used now this is dial up dial up time yeah 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 so that that you know that's the world i come from that's still my context of how i look at it and we were indie as the same way as somebody selling, you know, records out the trunk of his car. Or the same way we do this podcast. That's I right. Mean, very, very fucking indie. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, now, were you using an Earthlink email to communicate with people? <laughs> no, but my, my now wife was. So, like, we met up and she, she'd actually Did you meet online? me. We were introduced by friends we met online. Okay. We actually, we got hooked up on a blind date. I didn't know about it. This, this is a true story. <laughs> Perfect example back then. People that I met online, and they were like, oh, you know, the guy, he's like, oh, my girlfriend's friend's going to come along. I was like, oh, whatever's going on. They had given her the whole dossier. They were like, here's his site. Here's his whole blog. You read it all up. They told her everything. They told me nothing. Right. Right? 
because you could do that back then and there was And this is before online well, dating. Yeah, yeah, there was no yeah, there was no match.com, right. there was no OkCupid. Okay there was no Christian Mingle. Nope. <laughs> there was no J date. There was no it was Black Planet though. No, no, this we're talking about 99, dude. Not, uh, it was what? Black Planet. In 99? Yeah. In 99. Yeah, Black Planet was around, but it wasn't really a dating site. Black Planet Listen, what yeah. you don't like uh Oh, I'm, that's <laughs> not the issue. That is not the issue. Uh, I'm just talking about the time, the time right. that it was. And and also, there wasn't any Friendster or Facebook or MySpace or nothing. Right. So the, And this is before social media. Right. So the fact that she could come up and knew everything about me because she'd read all the archives, they had basically said, we're giving you the you know everything about this guy. And if you don't like him, well, we're going to cut him loose and that's fine. Right. But that's how the blind date worked. And I think about that now, like you, you know, everybody, if you, people going on a date, they're going to look somebody up on Facebook. They're going to stalk them on all their profiles and see what it looks like and all that stuff. That was the first time anybody ever, I think, got stalked to that degree. Mm. My, you know, my wife was like, let me check this dude out. And you're very fortunate because that's one of the few first instances where it worked out, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and that, that actually happened a lot back then. It's like, it's such a small community that the people, you already had so much in common. Right. Um, but I think that that's the thing that's lost is people don't really think of, you know, they think of blogging as technology, but it was a scene. It was a scene like, you know, for me as a, like, I love funk music. I like my mind, the definitive scene is uh, Minneapolis in like 1981. Mm. Right. And I think you got Prince, you got the time, you time. got, you got all these More incredible, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got all these incredible acts and they're battling each other, but they also like on the come up together. Right. So like if Prince gets signed, he's going to get us a label, a deal, you know, whatever. It, it, it's funny because I think Dallas and I can relate because we refer to 2005 mm -hmm. as the golden era mm -hmm. of rap blogging. That's when yeah. I started black blogging. That's when Dallas started blogging. And that's sure. when we started planning the roots in terms of like that's when I started, that's when I started my website, your website. Mm -hmm. But you were blogging on I, your website. I was already web blogging. And I met you in mm -hmm. 05. And like there was a small community of us that when we look back. We we like times have changed. Yeah, right. O five was this watershed moment where sites like Nah Right, Crunk and mm -hmm, Disorder, mm -hmm. Byron um, Crawford. Well, Byron, Byron. Crawford was in O four, but but I that's mean, when he became like moment. the connector a, to a all halcyon of us. Halcyon moment. Yeah. For rap weblog. Oh, I remember that moment. I mean, word, I mean as yeah. a fan, you know, and and I remember because I I was I'm I was around so long that if somebody came up just talking about hip hop at all, I was like, it's my people, like they were here, you know, like and so. When when Jay did hiphopmusic.com and and I just was like, how did he get that address? Mm. You know, like somebody was sitting on hiphopmusic.com, like he registered that and he had that. Um, and then he started blogging and I, I was making uh, blogging software back then. So I was working with friends and making a, a tool called Movable Type, which was like the first, one of the first early blogging tools before WordPress, before Tumblr, before all that. And um, and it showed up that he was using Movable Type and like he did it, he did like a, a like a joke diss track about somebody and he mentioned movable type and I was like we got a shout out in like in a song and I didn't I didn't know I mean I know Jay now but I didn't know him then and right. I was just like we got a, a shout out in a song for our software for our blogging software and I mean now you know Jay-Z is talking about Instagram like it's nothing but of course. like but that was yeah that moment and that was 10 years ago right that was the craziest thing I'd ever heard so, so let me ask you man in 1999 what are you blogging about <laughs> You know, in some to ways, your forty, yeah, forty colleagues. readers, right? And in, in some ways, it's the same shit, right? So it's here's a new whatever, here's a new Apple thing, here's a new Microsoft thing, the same thing tech blogs are talking about. For me, it was always also 
I was really interested in we're going to talk about politics and I knew I didn't know anything. And so this was like, let me document me learning about the world because I didn't go to college. I didn't, you know, like I just didn't, I didn't have any of that. Did that piss your parents off? Oh man. So this is, this uh, is the worst. I'm going to say I'm the first person in the history of my family to not go to college. First person to not go to college. Yeah. So my, you know, my dad's got a PhD. My grandmother in India like as a, a British Desi, subject. That's like a Desi girl marrying a black dude. It's the, yeah. It's, <laughs> even, even a collegiate black dude. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, it's in that, it's definitely in that's that category. That's bad. That's pretty bad, man. Yeah. My grandma in India before independence, like British subject, got a master's degree. Right. Damn. And, and, and I like, and I got like, you know, I was like, I was supposed to go to college. I got into college and they were, and I just like, I got, I got six weeks in and I was like, mm, nope. Uh, and, and I why, left why? And, and it was, you know, what I, mean, I think one reason I put it off a year, I'd started a company. I started a company day after I graduated high school. So by the time I went to, uh, to college, I went to university of Maryland. And, uh, so I'd had a year out of work, I'm working, really working, like right. hustling. And creating yeah yeah i was writing software and all that and and consulting and and i had um i gotten a gig writing some app for somebody and it was like i mean it was i think it was twenty six thousand dollars which was all the money in the world but that was like to run the whole company for months so right. i was gonna take you know four grand home or something but which i was is still like all the money in the world uh, totally right. yeah yeah and i mean i got like i got a suit like i had like i had the you could pull the <laughs> CD player out of the car, CD player. What? You know, like Benzy box? Yeah, yeah. I was CD like, Benzy box. Yeah. yeah. Like CD Benzy, because Benzy box. I had the Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like, I was, that, that was fly, right? You, you, you were hella fly. Yeah. And and so, and then I go, and I mean, University of Maryland is a great school. No disrespect go to Terps. them. College yep. Park. Yeah, yeah. And I was, and it was great. I mean, college, back then, College Park had great record stores, the whole thing. And I would go, and they did a freshman orientation. And they played the name game, like Bob, Bob, Fofob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I just signed my big floss in $26,000 deal, and you're going to make me play the name game. And, and, and like, I had the worst attitude going in, and you were it too got worse. smart. And it went down you, from there. You were too smart. Mm -hmm. No, and I, and I was too full of myself, right. too. Like, well, I when you're I too smart, shit. you tend to be. Yeah, yeah. Full no, of yourself. Well, it's like just 19, you're just right. stupid in a whole bunch of different ways. Right. And, and, uh, and so like, I lasted like six weeks and I got the hell out of there. I do remember one thing I remember very distinctly is, um, we had the, they had whatever the college paper and they had these cartoons and, uh, two things I did when I was there. Uh, one was I looked in the college paper and I saw cartoons, comics by, um, uh, Aaron McGrew. Yeah. He, he was, in, he was at Maryland then. And I remember when, uh, when Boodocks came out, I was like, I know, like, I know this guy, I've seen this guy's work. That was the first thing. The other thing was they had a computer lab with Next computers, those big cubes that, that Steve Jobs had made. They were the first computers that had the web on them. It was the computers that Tim Berners-Lee used to build the first web browsers. So we had the web. We had we had not just like the you know the early internet, but we had the actual World Wide Web. So you're really a fucking pioneer in this shit. That was I. That was I saw that shit and I was like, oh, this this thing, and I and but like. It wasn't like I would no. It wasn't like I was like seeing the future because I was like, you know what? I bet a hundred thousand people are going to use this. Like that, you know. Like I was like, people are going to come to huge. this neighborhood. This yeah, is a great exactly. Neighborhood. Right. Like this is going to be huge. A right. hundred thousand people right. are going to use the web. Yeah. So you wrote an article, uh, I want to say last year, that kind of shook shit up, mm. and you talked about what we lost in yeah. the web. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Man? Yeah. So I mean, it was called the web we lost. The web we and, lost, and it's been. It's interesting. It's one of the most popular things I've written. And um, I, I actually, I'd written it for, I had a column in Wired. 
Um, and I'd written it for Wired, and they were like, um, "This isn't like this. Just doesn't really fit what we do." And, you know, like it's fine, but it's not what we. Fit. And I was like, "All right, you know, uh, let me just put it out there." And I put it out. I swear, to, I put it out at like six p.m. on a Friday on your blog. Yeah. Right. Um. So it's on my personal blog. It's not like not even on a Tumblr. Nothing. I uh I. I put it out at 6 p.m. on a Friday when you bury something where right. nobody's going to read it. And um, and I thought, you know what? Those 40 people I knew back in 1999 are going to get this. Because you wrote it for them. Right. That's who I wrote it for. And then it's just, it's it's straight up, you you know, you write for your friends. Was it like a sentimental piece? Oh, very. I mean, yeah, there was inside jokes to, like, right. I was like, oh, maybe 100 people in the world would ever get this. And that's one of the most popular things I've ever written. And I think what, what resonated with people is this is a, is a story about the way in the early web that it was a community and there was an ethos and there was a civic mindedness to how you did it. And that didn't mean people weren't also having fun or also getting rich for those that did that or whatever, but just that there was an expectation that you were going to serve the community. And, um, and I think that, that was the thing that people got was half the audience was like, Oh yeah, I remember that. Whatever, whatever happened to me being able to, just uh, um, you know, move all my messages over to a new service, or you know, download my photos. How come I can't go back on Instagram and and get a copy of all my pictures? Right. So there was one audience for that. The other audience, I think, was young folks. Mm-hmm. Like I, I talked to twenty three year olds at you know these tech events I'm at, and they're like, I never knew, I never knew, and because they grew up with this they, role already right, existed. Right. They grew right. up, and I think about this with Zuckerberg, where like I don't. You know, I got no beef with Zuckerberg. I'm critical no of him beef? in some things. No, you okay. know, it's um, this is a place where you can be honest. I'm, cri- yeah. you know, what it is? I'm critical of actions he does. Like okay. I don't, I don't know his character. Right. I've only met him a couple times, c- talked to him a couple times. So I don't, I don't know who he is as a man. You know, I'm sure he's nice to his wife. Right. But what I see of the decisions he makes as an entrepreneur and as a force in society is the extreme expression of privilege. Right. So if you grow up the son of a successful dentist and you go to Harvard and you get into Harvard and you go to Harvard. As you should get into Harvard. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're expecting that's to get the into path Harvard. you're on, right? right? That's that's the track that you've that's been put on. That's right. And then you know that shit is so good that you can leave Harvard and you're gonna be all right. And because there is no child and immigrant that says, I'm gonna leave Harvard. No, I, I couldn't right? I couldn't leave I couldn't leave Cornell. Dude. No, you can't do it, right? And then whatever it is, three, four years later, you're a billionaire. Of course you think things are okay. Right. Right? So this was the other part. Everything's working. Yeah, yeah. They say everything works as As it should for right. me. Right, and Why so, doesn't everybody else get their shit together? And so, yeah. And, and so that's like step one is simply be born to my parents and you'll be, you'll be as successful as I am, right? right? And, and I think um, that was the other half of the web we lost to people, guys, that the the blogging community in particular, and, and the interesting thing is everything we do on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, Instagram, those are all sort of within the umbrella of what we thought blogs were going to be. Right. So so when I say blogs, I, it's not just what we think of as all oh, that one site publishing that one thing, but it was all of this, all the social, all the sharing, all the friends, all that stuff. What what was different in that era of, of 99, 2000, 2001 with blogging was this sense that we were going to all bring each other up in that the voices day one we had people of color day one we had people of every gender identity every sexual identity day one we had people across the economic spectrum we had poor people with loud voices from day one of blogging that were respected that were respected valuable contributors right right? and 
that was, um, I remember really distinctly the first time I went to South by Southwest, um, we, we, as bloggers, we'd sort of adopted South by Southwest in 2000. And it was, again, those same 40, 50 people. By 2001, I, I was broke in 2000, so I couldn't go. And two, <laughs> in 2001, I'd like saved up for a year and went down there. I bought a laptop to go because I was like, I'm going to be. What kind of laptop? You know, it was some Dell something. <laughs> it was. 1540p. You know, yeah, yeah. It was, Bell Fuckyberg. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I had, you know, I had that brand new Windows XP on it. And, um, and we went, and I went down there and, um, and it was all my people. And it was, like I said, it was every, you know, every different kind of type of people. And that sense of like, if you were making something you were in, um, was it. And that, that really stuck with me because, you know, so, so 9 11 happened and that was actually this big inflection point. People, recognize what blogs were want to have a voice want to use all this stuff and i remember really distinctly thinking you know the last time there had been a, a war was the first iraq war and people had all turned on cnn right and i thought about you know chuck d talking about rap music as the cnn for black america right. and i thought i don't know what we are called my people but this is our cnn mm. like that was the thing i got in 2001 and and i still don't know what my people are called <laughs> yeah yeah you know nerds some kind of, yeah yeah Internet. yeah there's something but that like that cohort you know i, I have tremendous respect for i feel like um there's they're still trying to do right and and i think it's sort of like there's no um there is no ill will about the people who you know who got over and people who didn't right um and i think in that respect very much like what i see in all different music scenes Right, so it's like if a van breaks out of a city, and there really was a true music scene there, everybody's happy for them. There's no, you know, they might tease them about it, but there's no. Like I look at like I love the time, right? And they're like they'll give Prince a hard time, but they're not going to be like he's not talented. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna kiss Prince's they, ring at the end they, of the fucking day. They're yeah, gonna be in Purple Ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's that's that thing I think about is like you bring people along with you, right. And 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 you try and do right, and I, and that part of the web we lost that is gone and and the sense of tight-knit community, community you guys had and each obligation. other's back yeah and and the reason is really simple and it's the exact same reason as in the music industry and it is that venture capitalists fund the tech startups their model is exactly the same as a record label we're going to sign 100 acts one of you is going to get big and get rich the other 99 are never going to recoup. And by the way, nobody's going to walk out of here owning their masters. Right. That's the model, right? Yeah. And that is how venture capital works. And that is how the record industry works. And the crazy shit is, every venture capitalist in the world, the summer Napster came out, 99, 2000, was like, yep, that's the end of the music industry. Like, that model can't succeed. It's not fair to the artists. It's not fair to the creators. It's not fair to the fans. And then Championing when, the artists. Yes. And, and the fans. Revolution. That's right. Championing the Disruption, the fans, right? right? They love the word disruption. And then when they see that they are the exact same model, a hits-based model, based around controlling the masters, the intellectual property, the software, whatever it is, they cannot acknowledge that they are the new record labels, mm. right? And so that's... That they are the new monster. Yeah. And so when we say, why did the worst things in whatever it is, pop music, whatever you're into, country music, hip-hop, whatever, when we say, well, there are commercial artists that are very successful and very talented and deserve their success... But that sense of community, we were all rooting for this or that we had this sense of, you got to hear this record, I'm going to break this record. Why is that not happening in social media anymore either? Why are there not acts bubbling up? Why is there not an app bubbling up? Mm. 
is because the whole circuit of you were going to help each other, you're going to you know share your ideas. That is systematically been demolished. People realize by now the that money you get the in way. and you get rich. Yeah, yeah. And and so their goal is let me just do this quick little project. It's not meaningful. The app is not meaningful. Let me sell it to Google, Facebook, Microsoft, whomever. This is a, this isn't a plan. This isn't a blueprint. Right. And then, and then, you know, when that's out, I'm going to have enough money to be able to buy an overpriced house in the Bay Area, and then I got a job for the rest of my life. Yeah, and that's it. And you repeat. Know, it's funny because Dallas, I kind of felt that too, man. Like during that brief period when we were all writing, I mean, you know, you you lived in Brooklyn, but people lived, you know, in Oakland and, and in Missouri and the whole nine. And it was that community. But I remember specifically when Double XL started mm-hmm. scooping you guys up to write for double XL mm-hmm. and, you know, and rest in peace, Chris Lighty, Chris Lighty decided to, to mm-hmm. launch a blog. I got real concern that though, this shit is going to change. It's not going to be the same terrain because now the, you know, the check writers mm-hmm. are coming into even our space. Before that, even before that, uh, the internet celebrities were at Sundance Yeah. and hammer MC hammer mm-hmm. told us, he said, you know what you guys are doing right now, making little videos. That's nice. But unless you go out and you establish a beachhead, you're mm. you've already lost. Yeah. Because this thing that you're doing, I like this, but the people with capital, the second you're about to get washed, yeah, right? The yeah. second they like it, it's over for you. So I mean, yeah. this is you guys have fun. And I was so naive because I thought, oh, this is different. This isn't like music. This isn't like movies. This isn't like TV. And so I was the fool. I was telling people. You know, get get that money. I was like, go like you know. It was. It didn't matter what you were in. I, I would talk to people. They were doing music blogs. I talked to a woman that was one of the early uh, mommy bloggers. That wasn't even a category yet. She's blogging about having a kid and family. And I don't need some good housekeeping, something like that. You know, we're gonna take your blog and we want to put some ads on it and whatever. And I was like, do that. Get that. Like, go for it. Were, and, was she and, apprehensive or uh, you know? Did she talk to the council of bloggers? She was. She was. That was a little easier because it was like, you know, we're going to put some ads for some 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 cleaning products. Like it wasn't a big leap. Right. But the first you got block, a kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you got and you got to pay the bills and this is better than whatever your desk job. The the thing the first blog that I know of that had ads was um when Nick Denton was launching Gizmodo. So Gizmodo launched before Gawker. And this is like how gangster Nick Denton is. He put up a Corcoran ad, a Corcoran real estate ad at the top of this mock-up he had a gawker and i said to him you know like how did you get them to buy an ad on a blog like how did that ever happen he's like oh they didn't buy it just they didn't buy it and i'm like what, what do you mean he's like but that, that was the gangster move yeah put put that thing up there and, and other ones says, oh wait a minute Corcoran's exactly. ads on this guy exactly <laughs> and 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 then he ended up launching gizmodo first and it was the same thing i don't even remember what whatever phones we had back then some qualcomm thing the size of your head but that <laughs> You know, that was that was the thing is he went out and he said, there's going to be ads on this blog and we're going to have Amazon links that you can click on. And, you know, that that was radical. People were like, this was the, the punk rock moment. Like, how can you introduce money? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. You know, just how was it accepted, though? Was it? Was oh, it, no, no, no. There was a lot of pushback there. Right. You know, it's selling just, out. dude. Yeah. Yeah. Not even selling out. It was uh You've tainted our art form. You know, how 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 dare you just all finger wagging. Yeah, yeah. Everybody everybody got the vapors, right? right? And 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 I was like, this is gonna happen. I don't think it's gonna work. <laughs> it was mm. sort of like, you know, there would have to be God, you'd have to have millions of people reading blogs. How's that gonna happen? To support this. But, but, and not only that, but I mean you think to yourself, wait a minute, why do I want to go to a blog to 
click away from mm-hmm. the blog. Mm-hmm. But my TV's right there. Yeah, yeah. And you know, why do I want to go to a website and mm-hmm. really not to that website, but yeah. to other places? Especially on dial-up when you click that link and it took you two minutes to get there, yeah. right? You know, so so I think that that change, we underestimated how much impact it would have and how quickly... You know, it was like we were excited. I was cheering. Oh, MSNBC wants to do a blog. Well, that's great. Right. And I walked. So you in. welcomed in. Oh yeah. I mean, I was I was the arms dealer, right? right. So I was okay. making blogging software and giving it to people. <laughs> so when Byron started his blog, it was on uh, TypePad. That was right. a service that I'd, I'd helped build. So I was like, a hip hop blog is on TypePad. I'm good. Like I, that was great. So we're you know we're providing the software, but that was simple. That was like whatever you want to write a book, you bought Microsoft Word. You want to write a blog, you bought this software. But then people were like, well, we got to get some ads on here. Mm-hmm. We got to get all this stuff. And this, you know, then it's a media company. Right. The, 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 the minute that changes and you put a, even the Google ads, the cheap little Google ads on there. <laughs> that, that you make you, like beer no, money. Exactly. If, and, if and that. Was, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like you made, yeah, you made pocket change, but now you're a media company. Now you had a whole different dynamic. Now you were doing a different thing. And that, I mean, and it's not judging anybody. Like, that's fine. I, I mean, actually, it's great. I mean, I think there's been a ton of great media outlets that have come out of that. But, you know, full, like, full blame on me. I was so naive 10 years ago thinking it's going to be different this time. Mm. Right. But, I mean, the great thing about technology, though, is that, you know, once you let it out the box, it continues to, I don't even want to say evolve, it continues to mutate. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing this podcast now for three years, Mm -hmm. and I can tell you that, you know, we're not a media company. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a sense of, we do, I mean, we're, we're, we're paying for studio time. Yeah. Um. How do you maintain that passion, man? Mm, uh, uh, particularly from someone like yourself who has seen this thing from the start, because we're still relatively new. Yeah. Three years, I mean, in technology, yeah, that's a long time, but for us, I mean, people are just now catching up to podcasting. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's all still, that's the thing about, I always think I'm late and we're always early. Right. And it always, you know, the big things happen really fast and small things take a really long time. And so the big change of everybody knowing this medium existed happened overnight. You gotta say that again, man. Big things happen really fast. Right. Small things take a really long time. Okay. And what the fuck does that and mean? what that means is <laughs> is the big thing was were people even gonna know that the web had its own medium, its native format of blogs and podcasts and social media. And I thought, well, something that changed like that, it took twenty five years for people to really adopt T V. Right. Right. You go from when they're making the first sets to when everybody's watching I Love Lucy, it's twenty five years. Right? And so I thought, well, maybe it'll take even longer. And it was about five. Five years. You know, from, from 99 to 2004. In 99, nobody, like the, the word blog is coined in September 1999 by Peter Merholtz, a friend of mine. 2004. Did he, did he copyright that word? No. Trademark. No. No. That's a, actually, that's a really good point. It was a choice by everybody to not protect the format, not oh, trademark shit. the names, not do this because we were sharing. Right. The, 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 the code of ethics. Yeah. And the, and the ethos of it was, uh, one of my heroes, and this is how nerdy I am, my hero is, uh, one of them, is uh, Dan Bricklin. And this is the guy that invented the spreadsheet. So Dan <laughs> made the first spreadsheet. How do you invent the spreadsheet? So, well, here's the thing. So he in um, 77, the first uh, Apple II comes out. Right. And he has this idea, we can make a way to manage numbers on this machine. And he invents VisiCalc. And that grid, the, like the rows and the columns and the spreadsheet everybody's always seen, he invents that. So he's fucking, it's, he's, he's beyond wealthy. He, he, no, no. No. And I'll tell you why. He's a dude with a job. 
What's his and job now? He's a he's the chief technology officer of a of a software company in 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 Boston. Okay, and I mean he's doing fine. Right. Like he's got but his house he's to pay not for getting paid but, what he should. But get he's paid not. For. So, but his peers were Bill Gates yeah. and Steve Jobs and whoever else you want to name. And what he did is he invented the spreadsheet, and he did not patent it. Fuck. And there were a couple reasons why. Fuck. So one part is. They didn't think you could patent software at all then, right? Which is ironic because now it's actually the people are the, patenting shit before. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Apple spends more on patents than they do on research and development. Mm. So that's today, right? right? So that's how quickly it changed. It's thirty years. You went from uh, thirty-five years. I don't think you can patent this to the most valuable investment from an Apple or a Microsoft. But one, he didn't think he could, and the other is like, he didn't think he should. He thought this is a good idea, and I want people to make other versions for the of this. betterment of mankind. That's and my right. Peers, right. That's right. And his friend, yeah. when made Lotus One Two Three, which was then the huge spreadsheet, and then a friend of theirs went and made what became Microsoft Excel, which you know is on every computer in the world, and it was sharing. Right. It was just this is all you know, and they were all they were, I think they all went to Harvard or whatever, so they were all you know academics, and they had this sense of sharing these things. But that, to my mind, was a community, and that was the tradition that the early social media, social web, social networking had inherited from. Those were our progenitors. And in fact, um, there was a time Dev, Dev Williams and the other folks that had started Blogger uh, had built it before they sold it to Google, all, all pretty much run out of money. Everybody got laid off. Ev was literally running out of a server in his bedroom. And, uh, and they were going to go under, and they were saved by a $50,000 check mm. from Dan Bricklin. Mm. Right. And from there, Ev goes, keeps Blogger running, sells it to Google, gets out of there, founds Twitter, and in three weeks he's going to be a billionaire, right? So, and he's very much still in that same community. Like, these are all folks that have each other's back. Right. Um, that story is how I see what the web is by default. Mm. It is only corrupted from that through the machinations of the way the venture capital system works and the public markets work. And the default nature of the web is actually that it was created explicitly for sharing academic research. That's what it was for. Right. Tim Berners-Lee wanted to share academic papers. And so that's that's what the web is. And anything that sort of diverges from that is okay. It's fine. It's a valid use of it. Is it an aberration but in it, a sense? Though? It is an aberration. Right. It is not the default state. So how do you feel, though, about people now coming in and just popping out of nowhere, not really feeling any allegiances to the to the you know to the medium? At some level, it's OK, right. because I, I remember when people would you know start spamming on the web and I'd be like, man, how are you, you know, you're disrespecting the media. And that, like, that's ridiculous. That's like saying, you know, you're disrespecting the Postal Service by sending junk mail. Like, really, that's pretty much what it's for these days. Right. So, you know, I don't want to be. Yeah, so I don't want to be the like the old guy shaking his fist. And why did the world change? I, you know, I I think um, it's okay that it evolved the way it did, and I, I think a ton of value. I mean, you know, I, I use Facebook every day. I use you know Twitter every day. Like I I got no problem with with them doing well, and and Google, you know, those guys getting rich because you appreciate great. the service. Yeah, yeah, they're valuable. I just think there is also this ethos around there being one both things that are non-commercial, which is valuable, and also independent commercial things. So that's the biggest thing. I mean, this is why I'm doing the company I'm doing and we're, we're crowdfunding it is this idea is that a community can build at least a substantive enough company to have an impact. And and I think that's the cycle that you see. You know, I, I will take it back to being a music fan, but like 
a lot of the, the biggest artists, the people that create a whole world that people want to live in, they take it back to, let me have my own label. Let me sign my friends onto that label. Let me try and, you know, and, and they do that after they're through the whole arc, after they've already had a hit, after they've been a top 40 artist. I think that's a really interesting thing to me is that people, once they get back full control and they bought back their masters, whatever else they've done, they go back to, let me run my own label. Right. Let me do this on my own terms. And that's where I'm at where I was like, I was doing a new company and I'm, I'm fortunate. I have access. I could talk to any, you know, investor in the world and probably get a meeting and maybe even get some money. And that's, then that's access. And then, and it, which is incredible. Right. And, and I'm very privileged to have that. And then I would be on the same treadmill as all those folks. But I talked to these guys that are now going to be billionaires and our kids play together. And my son is not less happy than their kids. Mm. So I'm square, right? So if my... Is he more happy than these kids? Yeah. No, I think, you know, like, kids are always happy, right? right. Like, if you let them be, right, they're going to be happy. And, you know, my dad grew up in a village where today, not 50 years ago when he was growing up, today, family for average income for a year is $600. Fuck. I thought you were going to say $3,500. Yeah. $600. Damn. My my iPhone is $600. Right. Right. So I've got feet a village. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's actually what I did for uh, my birthday is I did a, let's build a well for these villages in the region I'm from. But like the, the thing about it is I, I've got that phone. My son's got vaccines. We got clean water. I can afford to live in New York city. That's the craziest shit where in the you world. have to be rich to be poor. You, exactly. That's right. right. That's right. I graduated all the way up to the, the poverty level of richness here. And, you know, and I'm proud of it. And I think, and I'm like, so I'm already globally in the history of the world, probably in the right. the 1%. Right. Right. Because if you make, I mean, that's the crazy shit. If you make 30 grand, you're in the global 1%. Yeah. Right. And I make more than 30 grand. So that's kind of step one. And then step two is, do I aspire to be in the 0.0001% of people who have ever lived in the world? No, nah, I'm good. You're good. I'm good. Right. Like, I'm not going to get happy. I'm So happy. you're not consumed by this shit. You can't be, right? And so then... I, that's, that's not a good attitude. <laughs> All right. Let me hear it. That's not a good attitude for, for maintaining uh, your position. Your oh, but I'm hungry. Oh, I'm so hungry. I'm just not hungry to get richer. And I tell you what, I tell you what. If you only care to be rich enough to be fine... And you don't care that you get credit for everything you do, you can get so much done. Which is true. Because what, people, what you're saying is you're, you're willing to make other people richer. Maybe if that's what's needed. But you, you're not you're not hogging the acclaim. No, and that's the thing. It's like I'm I get plenty of credit. Like right. people know my name. Like there's no. Have you ever had a computer programmer on this show before? No, we haven't. No. So my name is all right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah, like I'm doing square. You're official, right? Yeah. So so that's like. I'm fine. I'm I'm well known enough. Like you know what? Well, we had Rafi Cam. All right, I'll take that. Who? Yeah, Rafi Cam. Rafi Cam. No, no. <laughs> Rafi Cam is the man. Yeah, that's real. So I mean, <laughs> so I'm uh, even if I'm number two. Right. All no, right. But you're not, you're number one. <laughs> but but that's that's my point. It's like so my name is known. I'm not nobody. I'm I'm enough of somebody. I'm rich enough. And that's like you know that's probably the least gangster thing you can say in the world. But like. I'm rich enough. I'm good. So, so like I'm rich enough. I'm famous enough. And I see the gap between what it takes to be 
where I'm at, which already by my definition is successful and be at the top. And I think all the compromises I got to make to that, I'd rather put that work into disrupting a system that perpetuates inequality. And that is the radical thing. That is fun because I'll tell you what, you don't want to pay that cost of that ticket, man. And the greatest (laughs) joy I have, the two greatest joys I have, you know, one is spending time with my son. And the other is when a billionaire has to reply to me on Facebook because I trolled them. Has to. <laughs> has to. Because they're just mad has about it. Has to kiss it. the fucking Cause, ring. Because they're mad about it. Not even kiss the ring. I just get under their skin. Right. Right? Because, like... So I'll, you're an asshole, dude. No, yeah, a little bit. Okay. But, like, think no, no, about No, 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 don't, 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 don't little bit your asshole, No, 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 no. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why. Don't little bit your asshole. Uh, I'm, I'm, like, pause. Uh, it's moderation. Yes, that's I don't. Okay. No, let's let's not even pause. Let's just soak it all in. Okay. Right? I tell you, when it, when a billionaire is on his iPhone and he sees some shit go by in his fee- Facebook feed and it's from me and he takes the time to reply, what does that cost him? 30 grand? 50 mm. grand? Mm. 100 grand? His time is money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, if you had the chance to just piss off a billionaire for five minutes... Where he's like, just oh god, and it, and it costs you relatively nothing. It costs me nothing. Right. I'm on Facebook anyway. Right, you know? <laughs> I'm already there. I'm good. You know, when you say you're rich enough, right? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously that probably has to do also with, like you said, spending time with the family. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, having yeah. money. Yeah. But you know, like there's a lot of people that you know you see that are, are you know that can't stop trying to be you know richer and richer yeah. and richer and richer, and it probably affects their family time, their oh, yeah. livelihood. But how do you, because, you know, from being somebody, I've never been rich, so I always look yeah. at, like, the the number. I always say, oh, shit, I only you're got 3600 in the bank. <laughs> like, how do, you, yeah. how do you get to a point where you know you're not falling below the level? I was, because I was on that path, right? So mm-hmm. I was, I, you know, I'm in New York, but we, we went out to San Francisco, and I was doing a startup. I was doing the company doing this blogging software. And for a minute, they were the hot startup. Magazine covers, my friends were the co-founders, and they were magazine covers and uh ted talks and you know before ted was ted like you know old school and and like that whole thing and um and i was like i was happy for them but it wasn't it didn't uh were you a little envious no because we were close a little bit no i'll tell you because we were close because i you know it was the you know, I was the hype man. Right. Right. They were the artists and I was the hype man. Right. And now it's fine. I'm happy in Because you were still in the group. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Groupies. Yeah. groupies I was married already. Okay. So, but I think there were fellas that went that path for right. sure. And, um, right, you know, well, and that's the thing. <laughs> I tell you what is it was not yet cool. Right. Right. Like now there are straight up tech groups. Superstars. Right. Right. So like I look at Jack Dorsey and like he was like a nose ring having scruffy looking he's a smart dude i right. like him a lot but it was like i was like tatted up the whole yeah there was no it was like meh you know like there's nothing there right and you know he has like fly supermodels knocking on his door now right so that thing happened that'd be good for him like he worked hard that's right. fine um for me it was like so seeing these friends succeed and i was like i don't want that that doesn't like it doesn't you don't have want it. what that um to <laughs> the way I felt about it was I felt like they were owned. Mm. You got a venture capitalist, you got an investor, you got a board. Now you have marching orders. And you got to deliver, yeah. you know. You got to you got to generate that paper. Yeah, and and it's not merely that you have to be rich. It's not even that you like you can make merely millions of dollars. Right? And and that's not enough. 
right? It has to look like up and up and up. That line can't just be going up to the a little bit on that chart. It has to go almost straight up. It's got to be steep. Yeah. And so that was the thing. It's like, I know how to build a business. I know how to build a business that has millions of dollars in revenue. And I'm happy with that, you know, and I'm happy to be a working man. I'm going to be working the rest of my life. But as you're working, you know that you have a greater sense of freedom. Yes. That's what you're saying. Yeah. And, and, and the difference is, I talk to these folks and they're um, people that have done well and they, and, you know, really well. And they forget because they'll be like, why don't we, you know, why don't we go out Thursday? I'm like, I'm, you know, we, I don't think we can get a sitter. Right. You know, and they're like, oh, because they got three nannies. Yeah, they've got other people. You know, like it's kids. just, it's not even, you know, it's not even a thing. And I'm like, uh, that uh, that thing was, I was told I was supposed to want. I just didn't want. Right. And the where's e- that coming from, man? Is you it know, what? it's simple. Parents? It's from looking back. It's, right. it's from, not even them, because they're like still, I mean, literally a couple of years ago, I was home for Thanksgiving. And we had a company that I was part of, that was the first employee of, we had 200 employees. We'd raised $40 million in venture capital. It was doing well. And they were like, you know, it's not too late for you to go be a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> straight up, like straight up, just not even, you know, like that's what you're going to do. Right. You got you to get that degree. Exactly. Like, right. like, get, <laughs> like get legit. So, you know, what I told them is you, you raised me with a set of values and I look at where you're from. And one of the biggest things, the most radical thing we can do in a consumerist society is to say enough. Right. You know? That is the most radical stuff. So if I say enough, if I go up, does that the, even exist for me? Right. If you go up the all you eat, all you can eat buffet, and you say, "I'm full," with a plate full, yeah, right. That's enough. Like I'm not saying don't eat the like take the lobster, take the good stuff. You know what I mean? You just don't need to have that second plate of lobster you throw in the trash. Right. You know, like that. There, there's just enough, and and I think. That middle line between, I'm not like, you know, I don't know. I'm not the Dalai Lama. I'm not like. Will you meditate though? Uh, you know what? Meditation, I I have. For me, people talk about, oh, the enlightenment and meditation and yoga and all that stuff. Keep in mind, for me, that was Sunday school. Mm. Right? You grow up Hindu. My dad co-founded the Hindu temple we went to. So when people are like, oh, you know, I just got to get the yoga and relax and get, you know, centered. And I'm like, that is straight up like being stuck in Sunday school for me. Mm. Like I know how so to do it. It's already ingrained. It's already yeah, ingrained. I know how to do it, but man, I don't, you know, I don't need to do it. Now, I usually ask this question to, to our rapper guests. Yeah. What's the dumbest shit you've done with your money? Man? Oh my God. Um, so the I'm the not, absolute dumbest so shit. So I don't have stupid rapper money. Right. Um, but, oh God, what is, um, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> or gold no see here's the thing man i don't like i i tell you i uh i never made for money i walked away when i was on the cusp of it mm. and um and i don't regret it but i think what i would have done that was that stupid you know right now everybody like, uh, people i knew in that scene in silicon valley in san francisco I, 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 i'm gonna cut you off. i love right. your value system right there because you said you never made it for money. That's bullshit. If if you come from the hood, yeah, you yeah, know a hundred dollars. Oh yeah. I'm getting a fur. No, Some let me type tell of you. Fur. Let me I'm tell getting, you. This, I'm getting a squirrel. My dad's village <laughs> my dad's village I just told you about where people make six hundred dollars a year. Women in that village There's fur in that hood. are wearing gold jewelry. Yes. Twenty four karat gold jewelry. Mm, soft uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's yeah. fur in the hood. Yeah. So so yeah, so yeah, you've yeah. made fur money. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so the dumbest shit a Neil Dash. So has done dumbest shit. Oh man, that's a good question because I don't know. Um, you know what it was? 
this is uh, this is mad embarrassing, but you guys have That's to. Like, right. I need like this is my therapy. <laughs> um, was like so I'd been in software for years and like I was clearly like I'm a technology dude and maybe doing some writing, and I went back and bought a drum machine, the keyboard, like I was gonna go make beats and do some shit, uh-huh, uh-huh. and it's like fuck it, you're not going to get back on stage. You know, like, you're not, you're not going to drop some rhyme on SoundCloud and be, you know, and be that dude. Like, right. it was like, it was the sort of, you know, holding the hairbrush in front of the mirror, pretending you're a rock singer. And it was, and it was like, not long before my son was born. And, uh... You still got the drum machine? No. Okay. And, uh, got the keyboard, but that's, he can play, you know, right. twinkle, twinkle on it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it was such a, like, Oh, I would love to spend time on this. And you're like, motherfucker, I, I know I don't have time for this yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. No, and it was like, well, who's going to pay the bills? Right. You know, <laughs> like, like while you're off making beats, <laughs> you know, like, and so that was a really, it was good because it was like, at least there's still that, that desire. Right. And passion. Well, yeah. And also I was like, well, maybe my beats is what I write and what I blog about. Like, this is my medium. And I think that gave me permission to say, this is my, equivalent of artistry and it ain't you know you, you, you can't dance to it you, but you yeah graduated. but i'm like you know what there is a lot of people making whack beats that are thinking i wish i could blog as well as this dude mm. and that's that's, that's all consistently right. as long yeah yeah, yeah. just i mean I, there was nothing in my life i had done for three months in a row i dropped out of college i was always turning my homework in late whatever and if i you'd have told me 1999 you were gonna write a million words for free mm. On your website, you were and gonna still going and still going. Dallas Penn, give this man a round of applause. No Thank you. Round sir. of applause. I, I, I still don't have ads on my blog either. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yo, listen. Let's go to a music break. Internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show. The Combat Jack Show is powered by the Loudspeakers Network. Cheer. F your network. F your network. Listen, we got a Neil Dash in the in the booth with us tonight in the spaceship. We got Dallas Penn. We got Premium Pete. We're having a great conversation. How you feeling, Anil? I'm feeling good, man. I'm glad to be here. Listen, man, I want to read a quote of yours that uh, really stood out to me, man. You said, uh, the highest use of new technologies is to empower and connect people who aren't born with the privilege of access to the institutions that define our culture. So I am trying to make that my life's work. It's pretty lofty, man. There's a lot in that statement. Why well, set a small goal, right? <laughs> yeah, why start a small goal? But fuck, can you complete? You're talking about privilege. You're talking about people that have not. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's you know been had access to privilege and what the purpose of technology is. When you think of technology, the average person is not thinking of people not having access. It's like I can afford that. Yeah, I don't. I'm not interested in let me make a better photo sharing app. Right. You know, I I think it's like there's there's going to be somebody that's going to solve that problem. Um, and that's not that interesting. And I look at the people I admired that built technologies I, I looked up to and they were solving big problems. I even look at like Bill Gates and you know, his goal for Microsoft was like a computer in every house and on every desk running Microsoft software, which was at the time was an impossible, goal. Imp- impossibly lofty right. goal. Right. And 25 years later, he's like done. That's it. You know? That is the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. Right. If you're like, I just imagine the biggest goal I could think of when you're 24 years old or something, and he's not even 50, and he's like, all right, that's done. I'm done. And then he's like, let me take a minute. Uh, how about we cure AIDS and malaria, right? 
next big goal. And he's going to do it. Right. Right. And so that. Sort By the of time thing, he's like 70, right? Or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's on track. And so I think that sense of like, all right, this is what technology or technology sort of minded thinking can do. All right. The, then these are, these are important. These are meaningful things. And I'm not. There's dudes buying whatever aircraft carriers for themselves because they got rich off of tech. That's or not missile silos. Yeah, yeah, and that's not interesting to me. Right. So, so hobbit holes. <laughs> Those hobbit holes are kind of ill. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. No, the nerdy <laughs> stuff. Like I'm down with that. I mean, you look at so Bill Bill Gates, you know, co-founder of Microsoft, Paul Allen. Yeah. You know, huge Hendrix fan and builds the Experience Music Project. I'm like, yes, absolutely. Like you want to build a museum for Jimi Hendrix. Because you got Microsoft money, yes, yes, that is all right. That is like that's all good. Rock out, me. dude. Yeah, like right. that's fine. Um, so, so those that, things. Does that mitigate um, all the coltan that gets mined uh, to sell all those laptops to sell all no. those? So, I mean, no. It, I it, mean, we all have blood on our hands. I mean, you got a smartphone. I got a smartphone. So, no, he doesn't have a smartphone. You know, <laughs> he has the, no phone. Dallas Penn walks around with no fucking phone. Well, we are not all that transcendent yet, right? But like, I got blood on my hands. I know it. No, we all have. We all have. You know, we all have. And, and so, so the question is, if we're all complicit in all these systems, I'm like, I didn't. I never bought my wife a diamond. That's like, you know, that's how far I'll go. So I'm, I'm, I'm willing to play. But is she willing to play with that? Oh yeah, she was. Yeah, she's down. So that that wasn't like that wasn't an issue. But I, I think the question is. The system's going to exist. Mm-hmm. I'm not like I'm not setting my goal at like undo capitalism, right? Like I'm I got maybe 50 years left. I might be halfway through my life now, right? So um, if that's right, then what is the scale of problem I can solve? And that to me comes to mind of saying, I have access in tech. That's what I was saying before. I have access in tech. I have this incredible privilege, and I had access to these folks back when they were just nerds, and now they're titans. But they Not know masses of industry. Right. But now they know. Well, now and some are robber barons. Mm. Right. But they know me. Mm. And so what can I do is I can show them, petition them, talk to them, act, create in ways that just slightly turns the ship mm-hmm. because they're not bad dudes, nor were, you know, the old robber barons probably like to their friends. Right. Right. And so it's just a matter of can I remind you this is the point of why you want to do this in the first place, not for buying yourself a helicopter, but for doing this thing. And so that that part is what's exciting. And then thinking about systems of institutions and how to get access to is what can I learn from what I know about from when I worked in the music industry, what I know about from when I worked at newspapers, what I know about from when I worked on a nonprofit trying to impact policy, and then always through the lens of I know how to write a computer program and I know how technology works and I know how the cycles go. And that's it. Is that triangle of, you know, art and arts and media and culture, politics, policy, government, and technology? In between those three points, is where all of culture happens. Mm-hmm. That's where all the decisions are made. That's and a dope Venn diagram right there. That's well. That was the clarity I had. You know, when I left the traditional tech industry, mm-hmm. I left San Francisco. I came out of it. I said, you know, and I. I think I was tempted. Well, why? Because is San Francisco just so tech-minded that they don't yeah. f- see the intersection yeah. of culture? They don't Straight see the inter- up. So I was, I was there, I remember in 2006, and um, walking in South Park, which is you know, south of Market. Um, my friends had just started Twitter across the street from where I lived. 
and uh, you know, literally, I literally, I used to walk my dog, and she would piss on the sliding board where Jack Dorsey invented Twitter. Mm. So that's you know, that's where we were. Okay, and, and it was I would, your dog's piss that really? Yeah, that's. I basically should have some, some, some fertilizer. Some stock. <laughs> I should have some stock for that. Right. And uh, no, and you know, we would go through there, and um, and I would walk a block to my office, it was a block from where I lived. And in the space of walking a block or walking the dog, I would hear three different people talking about podcasting startups, mm. you know, and I would go into, I would walk down the street to go into a conference room at a meeting and be the only person of color in the room or in the building. And if another person of color showed up, it was probably an Asian dude or, you know, a South Asian dude like me. There were, there were no black folks. There were no Latino folks in my neighborhood, in the industry and this, and I thought, this isn't who who I am. This isn't how I live my life. Right. And the things they're talking about and working on and focused on had nothing to do with. They don't. They don't mean anything to didn't me. Didn't resonate. And and then and then and it was really clear. You know, we came back uh, the whole time we, uh, that my wife and I lived out in San Francisco, three four years. We never went more than two months without coming back to New York. Mm-hmm. And we again after that we came back and did a trip, and she wanted to go do company that she ended up starting here and i i was like you just you could breathe you know um and it was like oh you can talk is, yeah yeah it was just you this, is, this is where I right. and and i get on the train and there's somebody yeah maybe there's a technology person on that train but there's somebody who's an artist and there's somebody who's in finance and there's somebody who's in fashion there's somebody who is just straight up selling batteries. There is, you know what I there's mean? There's a like messenger the, in there. there. Yeah, there's exactly. A, messenger, a foot and, messenger. That's right. And right. there, and there was just somebody, and and there was a rich person and a poor person, right. and they weren't stratified from one another. I mean, we've got massive income inequality in New York City. I'm not sliding that. And, and it's becoming worse. And it's becoming worse. But on the train, you will have rich folks and poor folks sitting and next a, to breathing each other, breathing the same air. That's right. Right. And and that. You know, now with the the rich folks have got their Google buses and their Uber taxis in San Francisco. They are completely hermetically sealed mm. from encountering. Right? And are they fine with that? That's my question. You know, I, I don't want to speak broadly of everybody. Right. But I you're, think from the, your, the, the prevailing you, ethic was was that they they didn't even see it. It doesn't occur to them. Right. Right. And and that's um, fucked up. It's fucked up. But it's also it's the, happening right here in New York. Yeah. When a kid gets. Uh, arrested after buying a belt at Barney's. It's not because the police thought he he might have been a drug dealer. He got got his money illegally. I think they realized drug dealers they're not going to Barney's. Drug dealers stay at 125th Street. Yeah. And, and shop at Dapper Dan. Yeah. But this is a way to whitewash uh, colored faces. It was from Fifth Avenue. It you was can't a pretense. Hermetic. Yeah. It was a pretense for arresting him for trespass. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think that is. The, the prevailing mindset in in the conventional parts of Silicon Valley in San Francisco that anybody who doesn't have a brand new iPhone is trespassing. Mm. And um, and that's... And, you know, I'm very, very critical of the programmers and that sort of mindset. I don't want to paint everybody with that brush. There are there are people with real soul that are doing important Did you say work. programmers? Oh, yeah. That's 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 how I think of them. They're, they're, they're dudes and they're... they're um, you know, for as bad as people of color have it in tech, in some ways, overall, women might even have it worse. Mm-hmm. And so that's a that's thing. That's the other ism. That's America. Yeah. yeah. This is America. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's levels to this. I'm show. not. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to expound on on intersectionality at this right. point. But um, I think the the thing I think about is that the the problems they are solving are increasingly absurd. Mm. They're increasingly it's you know the the point oh oh one percent problems, and and I, I think about that here where New York, for all its faults. Our tech community is much more organic and ground up and based in all the boroughs and, and inclusive and, and diverse and diverse, but not enough, right. but better, better because it would have to be in San right. Francisco and is at least willing to entertain. I'm on uh, the board of this, uh, New York Tech Meetup, which is our sort of community, it's, you know, tens of thousands of people that just make tech all different walks of life interested in this thing. And they'll look at a problem like stop and frisk and say, we can apply technology thinking to this. Because it is a data problem, right? It, 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 it all comes down it, to data. Yeah, it's very, there's very clearly, if you say, we have increased stops 10,000% and, and, you know, increased number of guns confiscated 0.04%, if you claim to be data-driven, it's a very clear, well, we've increased our spending massively, and at the it's expense of, and at the expense of civil liberties, which obviously we can't measure, but don't have to because it's binary. It's very clear. So th- these are the things where it's like we need to. We haven't done a good enough job of it. Where to but create least, like a stop and frisk app? Yeah, I mean, so what I said is <laughs> I wanted what I wanted was a, sh- a short code, an right. SMS code. Mm-hmm. We we put that number up on every telephone pole, you know, in in Bushwick, in Bed Stuy, in a place in Brownsville where a kid's going to get stopped and frisked automatically you text this number and you say whatever you got right, right. if you just like i just got stopped that's enough right. but if you got a badge number put it up right. if you got uh you know uh, any kind of information you have about the stop that you can do but just the sort of thing to make that app and put up a map is very straightforward that's not advanced technology argue. right and then to be able men to men lie, it. women lie. Yeah. <laughs> and numbers don't lie. <laughs> numbers numbers don't do lie. not lie. Right. And and that's the kind of thing where, you know, I can float that idea and folks will come together and I'll get somebody in the Bronx saying, Yeah, I think we got pieces of this thing. And so you know, and I haven't made it happen yet because the piece I want to be really mindful of is working with the community and there hasn't been everybody I've talked to has been like, We tried this, we tried this, and they haven't found the thing where it's like this works. Right. So I'm not hand-waving. Technology solves these problems. But it's part of the solution. And part of it is also working with the kids to teach them that they can be having a hand in this. And they say, have a voice. Yeah. They have yeah, a voice. Yeah, because there are, you know, they might not have iPhones, but they got some phones right. and they can text. I think that's the piece of where... Samsung. The funny thing is, yeah. if, if it's black, then they probably have an iPhone. Yeah. They yeah. don't have a computer at home. No. I, I mean, yeah, uh, clearly smartphones have bridged the divide in the way that the classic laptop computers and whatever never did. And and that's something to take advantage of. I mean, I, I look at, you know, there was a, a girl in my neighborhood, like probably five, six years old, Dominican girl, and just, you know, all over. And she had a Blackberry, but she's all over that Blackberry. All over it. And I thought, she knows this better than CEO of a billion-dollar company in Midtown that I was just having a meeting with the day before. And when you know and master the technology, you have access to a network. And that network, at the early points of its creation, what I found in my personal career, right. if you're early on a network and know how to use the technology, that trumps all the money in the world. Mm. The window closes really quick. Of course. You got to move quick. Right. But there is a moment we're in right now where a six year old Dominican girl who is not wealthy has a superpower 
that the CEO of a billion dollar corporation does not. And we just have to move fast. We just have to move fast to say, let's connect the dots to the other end of what she's doing with that. Like, let her play Angry Birds. Let her do all that. But let her have one other thing she can do, which is either about my older brother got stopped and put up against the wall or whatever else is going on in her life that's meaningful. Or I want to learn to program or whatever she wants to do. That's the thing I think that, that we Let's can Let's continue to spark that interest yeah. with that innate, well, not necessarily innate, but that talent that she has. Right. And, and with that, uh, a quick plug to Black Girls Code. Oh, yes. Black Girls Code mm-hmm. on your internet. Mm. Google that. Yeah. There, there's also a, a, an account on Twitter, Stop and Frisk. Uh, yeah. Address that, you know. Yeah. If you, if you follow Stop and Frisk, Stop and Frisk, Stop and Frisk yeah. I, I retweeted it every day for 100 days. Mm. Someone um, needs to make a Twitter account shopping first. Well, that that that's, <laughs> that that probably exists right now. Yeah, yeah. That probably exists right now. As soon now. as you said it, from your lips to Twitter's there ears. There you go. That's right. That's right. Well, let's talk about another phenomenon since we're talking mm. about social media and the whole nine. And I want to get to think up in a minute. Yeah. But uh, what's going on with this phenomenon that people call Black Twitter? You know, it's so the again numbers don't lie. Yes. Um, black folks are overrepresented on Twitter in a wonderful and delightful way, both in terms of sheer presence, the, the percentage is like 25% of active Twitter accounts in, in the U.S. Uh, um, are by people that the, the, the researchers That's identified huge. as African-American. It's incredible, right? right? So, Are your boys upset? The boy, you're, you're, No, no, no. They're happy about they're it. They're happy. They're yeah, not going to... They don't want to... Twitter's down with it. I know, I, you know, <laughs> I know the founders and the... And the, and the they're like, fuck senior yeah. execs there. They're like, yeah, like this is the thing. This is the promise that like tech is all supposed to do is is to empower. But people it wasn't foreseen. It wasn't none at all. And 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 to be fair, you know, so Ev Williams, who was they think the chair of Twitter and was you know the guy who bankrolled it early on, good dude, and he's happy about you know the way Twitter is used. But he's from a town of six hundred people in Nebraska, uh-huh. and it was all white. I mean, he's talked about this, right? You know, he's like, this is like, he's like, so this isn't my you know, my background, but like, let's make this happen. So I think that's, that's really positive. I think what's interesting to me. So he's in a sense evolved with the evolution of Twitter in a sense. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's no, I don't think there's any, um, there are no misgivings about the way Twitter is used within Twitter. Like, I don't think there's a, you know, what are they doing here? Get off my lawn. Right. You know, that's good to know. But yeah. And that's actually, it's a thing I keep trying to push them to give voice to. They actually want to do right. And, and I, I think, actually in contrast to Facebook, which is sort of like whatever happens, happens. Right. Um, and, and for example, Twitter's been very good about freedom of speech internationally, especially like they've gone to bat on stuff. They didn't have to protecting folks, you know, and Occupy and things like that. And so I think, you know, they've got this inclination and they just need to be as out loud about it uh, around diversity, inclusion, and, 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 you know, everybody participating in Twitter as they are about free speech and other issues. Right. But that being said, you know, black Twitter, it's really interesting <laughs> to me is like, it's always been, for me, it's always been a presence on Twitter because that's the world of social media I come from. Right. Like, you know, one of the interesting things about growing up, you know, South Asian, when I did, my parents and my family were very early to come to the U.S. There was no Indian community early on where we were from. So you, you know, you invent an identity and appropriate and the default, the from where I grew up in the suburbs in Pennsylvania was supposed to appropriate from white culture. We right. were the first non-white family, I think first or second non-white family in our school district. My sister was the first non-white student, so she got it bad. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not particularly inclined to only appropriate from this culture. 
and everything interesting to appropriate from seems to come from black culture. So that was sort of to my you mind. Know, I, I applaud for you. I applaud you for that, man. Well, you don't think that there's Indian Twitter? There, you know, it, it kind of is, but like, even if there is, the, the interesting thing about that is, um, Indian Twitter is dominated by culture from India, which I don't actually know that much about. Right. Mm. You know? you're, an, you're an American. Yeah. Yeah. And in America, in America, no, no disrespect to anybody else, but what it comes down to is black and white. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the, that was the thing that stood out to me, especially you know, growing up in the eighties, it was like the only identities were black and white, right? And you kind of chose, and so like I was definitely that kid that was, I got beat up. The, you know, the kids were like, "Why are you acting so black?" And I was like, "You know, and you're Indian." And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, the rest of the time I'm acting white, right? Uh, <laughs> and uh, and you didn't seem to mind. So um, that that idea of being fluent in code switching you know, was, was really critical. And I think that informs how I look at social media too, which is that I am, I'm not at home in black Twitter, but I'm not at home in white Twitter either. Right. So like, I'm like, let me be fluent in both of these and just kind of be who I am and and people respond. And that's been really interesting to me is because I get a window into like, you know, my timeline blows up with everybody tweeting about scandal. Mm. And you know, I make a that's joke. That's some that's some black Twitter. Yeah, shit yeah, right yeah. There. And 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 I joke about it, and all the you know white tech folks are like, "What are you talking about?" Uh huh. You know, right. and and so that's interesting to me. Was like I kind of just assume this is everybody's experience, and it's not. So it's still divided, even within this, within you know, and it might just be the circle because like, I have like my different circles. my yeah my different circles are are very distinct, and I right. think there's very little overlap. I think about this in terms of Kickstarter, where. Um, I'm huge fans of Kickstarter and the guys who started it are just, they're soulful dudes. Like they believe in arts and they believe in supporting what they're doing. But I look at, um, I backed the Jodeci Kickstarter to bring back Jodeci. You backed that? Yeah. Did you all see this? No, I didn't see this. So Tell me about this. Jod- there was, what else is there to say? Bring back Jodeci. Bring I mean, back Jodeci. It, was, it was pretty straightforward, right? And Greatest go- boy band. Well, let's man, uh, man band, man band. Yeah, I mean, but at the time, Devante is not a boy. Well, but at the time, yeah, I, <laughs> and I'm not, no boys. yeah, I know that was that was grown folk stuff. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to weigh in on the merits of Jodeci. Those are obvious. Um, it got five backers, and then I think it just looked so embarrassing they shut it down early, mm. right? And I'm like, well, maybe they didn't promote it well. Whatever. Kid and Play did a Kickstarter. Did y'all know about this? No. No. Kid and Play's Kickstarter, how many backers do you think it got? 20. Six. Six. For $250. Wow. And they were basically saying, we want to make a movie in the vein of House Party, we want to bring in the vein of Class back. Act. And it was like, it was in an airport, but it was the same, you know, same stuff. Isn't, isn't one of Kid and Play like, um, like, there's like a jewel bucket now? No, stop. No. <laughs> stop, man. I don't that's think an so. Accident. No, that's no, not, that's not, no, no, that's that's not, that's not, that's no, 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 that's some, no? No. no, that's some urban legend stuff. They're, they're, you dig into a car accident, though. He maybe just came out of it. Everybody's been in a car accident. Yeah. So anyway, they only, anyway got, they only got six. So they got six. I grew up with those guys. Yeah. They're, all right. I'm, I, you know, for me, I'm like, I like the house party a lot. Right. I could tell you all the lines to class act. Like I'm like, I'm down with the thing. And white folks love kid and play. Everybody loves so, Kid so, and Play. So what the fuck? So here's the thing. I'm thinking, now, the breakdown is in one of several places. Either both these acts, and there's other ones too, 
just don't know how to promote a Kickstarter. Right. Maybe that's it, right? And you had Spike in here, and he had trouble and, up and front, and, too, yeah, right? But he but he got his... He got there, he but got there. it was like he did, what, 60 updates to his backers? Yeah. So yeah like, that he, was just, he also offered some amazing things. Like, I think no, he, he ran right. like a young boy. Yeah. yeah. That's, at the end of the day, whatever he, the fuck he offered, he ran like a fucking young boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He hustled. And he, and, he, and he stirred the pot, and he was fucking on, 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 on the news, getting into arguments and the whole nine. He ran. That's what... That's he what, put that work in. But he put in... Spike put in 10 times as much work as Zach Braff. Right. Not disrespecting Zach Braff. His stuff's not for me, but I'm sure he's a talented dude. Yeah. But like, like Spike dude, Lee man. is a legend. Yeah. Right? Spike Lee is a legend. Zach Braff was on Scrubs. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, <laughs> and so it's just like, and I, I think Zach Braff would be like, yeah, that's do the right thing, dude. I yeah. do Scrubs. So that, that to me points out a disconnect, which is Kickstarter or other things like that in in the social media world around economics have a built-in white indie aesthetic they have a pitchfork aesthetic but isn't that like everything else in this country didn't have to be didn't have to didn't be, have but, to but, be but, but the very foundation yeah of course yeah i mean you know, i just read an article it's america <laughs> i just read an article recent this week about uh talking about uh, uh 12 years was it 12 years mm. of slave and they talk about even the Technology that went into cameras mm. were not created to capture black skin oh, yeah, correctly. Yeah, so the yeah. very foundation yeah. of the music industry, in a sense, was built on a racist foundation. Oh, for sure. And and there's no question about that. I mean, yeah, I, I see that all the time. If I go on camera, now they'll have black makeup and white yes, makeup. Right. But if you're other, man, you know, yeah. that's it. <laughs> you, don't <laughs> you don't check that box. Yeah. Pick yeah. that out. You know, a, a while ago, remember when I said I'm. I'm quitting the show right. unless people will go to my website and, and click that folly button and put a dollar on my right. PayPal and five people did it. Yeah. Huh. Listen, anyone out there that's listening to this podcast and doesn't have a job, I don't care if you don't have money, but if you don't have a job, stop listening to this fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get a job. Go so, return some bottles and cans. So, Anil, you were saying about... So, so I think there's this, this dominant aesthetic because, listen... You know, we can talk about, you know, the system is stacked and it is, but white folks love hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there isn't love, there, love. There isn't, there isn't somebody love who's tone like, low. I mean, I was at, I ah. went to, um, I went to Bonnaroo, which is the, the whitest shit I've ever seen in my life. Right. And I was, it was literally like there was actually all the white folks were covered in mud. So they were the same color as me, but it was like. <laughs> This is the whitest shit I've ever seen in my life. And it was the the year that uh, Stevie Wonder and Jay-Z headlined. Mm. And they knew every word to Stevie's set, and they knew every line of Jay's set. They, they wrapped it with their chest. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And so, like, that moment of, all oh, black culture, like, yeah, like, not saying it's not born of black culture, but it's universal. Right. The question I have is about aesthetics. Aesthetics. Because I think you could actually get a black artist on Kickstarter who did some twee acoustic guitar shit and they would go off the charts with lots of backers. Right. Right. And I think, and, it, and you know, an authentically black artist that just happens to play within that indie aesthetic would do fine. Right. What you won't find is like, you know, I was, I was like, where's the, where's the Kickstarter to bring back cross colors? Mm. Right. Mm. Where's, where's the, the, you know, the, I, I, I want some old school Kanai. You want to bring back Kickstarter? You want to bring right? back cross colors, man? Really? I, I'm not saying it's a good idea. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good idea. Right, Google boy. What I'm, bring back Google boy? Yeah, exactly. What I'm saying is, 
the equivalent of that right. has happened a million times over on Etsy, right. on Kickstarter, on whatever, right? If, you know, whatever. I don't even know what white books were wearing back then, but like whatever it was. What's that? Wrangler. Wrangler, yeah. So there's got to be some like retro Wrangler Etsy store. I'm Surger. sure. Okay. Ocean Pacific. 100%. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, Ocean Pacific. Yeah. But, but, but white people wore oh, yeah. Ocean they Pacific. Live. And the jams, all that. Yeah. Um, And I, you know, I love... I, I, I love white people clothes too. I'm just saying, I think there is an aesthetic. White people clothes. <laughs> they don't. That's the thing. If you're not white or black, everything is either black people clothes or white people white clothes. People, exactly. Right? Because like it's all a costume. Right. And uh, like Gap, like when they were doing all them swing dancing ads, I was like, oh, white people clothes. Right. Like that's, that's nice. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, I think that's the thing I think about a lot is the networks, the social media tools, the social media software is built with values baked into it. The defaults in the software are how we express our values. And the aesthetics and the choices made around who you promote, who you feature, says who your network is. And the tech industry will insist they are neutral, and it is a lie. It's a lie. It's bullshit. And what they do is they choose, I got a suggested user, uh, my account was suggested as a user on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And when people signed up, the reason I have whatever 400, 500,000 Twitter followers is because I was a suggested user. On my own, I would have got 100 or 200,000. Right. But I got baked in. There are people that have a big YouTube channel because they were featured on the YouTube homepage. And there are people whose Kickstarters got over the line because they were featured on Kickstarter's homepage. Right. The platforms make decisions about what they're going to promote as their aesthetic. Of course. And what about iTunes? Oh, iTunes, man. Now, iTunes I mean, have been good to us. Yeah. They've been good to us, but... But it's problematic. Yeah. And, and so they're picking winners, and what we have to do is first acknowledge you're picking winners. This isn't some neutral, oh, the algorithm makes the choice. How hard is it to... How difficult is it to, 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 to accept that there's something wrong with the system? For me, it's easy. Well, for, for them. <laughs> for for them, them, you know, they say it's necessary, and I actually think that's true. I do think you have to seed things with content and get it going, right? you got to have a couple of folks show up at the party right. early. The question is about how thoughtful they are about how they seed it. I look at it where I'm doing this company think up and we're picking who are the media outlets we're going to talk to and the blogs we're going to talk to. Are we going to do early invites for people that read TechCrunch for that reading Gadget? Or are we going to do it for people that read Rap Radar? Mm. Or are we going to do it for you know whatever whatever site for you want to people that pick, listen to the Combat Jack for show. For people that listen to the Combat Jack show. And you know that's a choice. It's like I I, I think very hard about um, first of all, purely mercenary being as capitalist as I can, if I can build a tool that is a social media tool that black folks love to use, it's a huge advantage. Yeah, you're winning. You're winning. <laughs> I'm winning. You're winning. Right. So like just if I if I were, you know, as crass as possible. The other part is if I'm building a tool that is about having people find meaning and value in what they're doing online, which is what I'm trying to do. Then the two aren't mutually exclusive. Not at all. But then, who do I need to serve first? Mm. Uh, black women who fucks with scandal. <laughs> That's where I'm going. Like I am. Like like Shonda Rhimes, retweet me, please. That is where I'm headed. Right. That. That's the thing that um you know I think about a lot is, um, I was at this uh, this folks 100 conference and uh, you know uh, Catherine Finney who was running it she was saying that uh, black women spend more money. Uh, through mobile mm. than any other demographic group mm. in America, including white men. Mm. Right? And it, mm. and it was funny because in the room 
which was 95% black women, you know, everybody's nodding their head. Yes. Right. Preach. And then, you know, everybody live tweets the event and every reply was, mm, that can't be right. Right. <laughs> let's, let's fact check this. Let's look at, and you know, you, let's crush the numbers. Fact, right. Yeah. And, and you do it. And of course it checks yeah. out right. and the defensiveness, the sheer, you know, and it wasn't even, it wasn't the outrage. This is uppity to point out this math. It was just that it didn't occur to me. I can't believe. Right, right. Right. And so that was interesting to me because I was like, intuitively, just based on who I interact with, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. You know, like right. that's no, yeah, all right. You know, in the same way of like, <laughs> how could you believe that some huge percentage of motels in America are run by Indians when we're one and a half percent of the population? Right. You're like, well, if you ever been to a motel, it's not hard to believe. Right. Like, yep. A supermarket is definitely. Yeah. Groceries definitely. Yeah. So, so 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 based on but based on this conversation, man, do you think that social media is changing? Mm. It's grown up. It's the grown culture up. of American culture. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, a hundred percent. And I, 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 I was saying this during our break. I'm surprised at the shit I get away with mm. on Twitter. Yeah, and I get. I'm surprised at the shit that I mean. I've never been in a public forum with so many black people. Where we talk about the things that we talk about with such. Yeah. With, with such passion, and, it has a and, chance and, to graduate out too. Yeah, I mean, and 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 I, I tweeted this morning some shit, and you actually favorited me. Yeah, and, and I'm actually surprised that nobody's been knocking on my door yet. And I'm not saying any revolutionary shit. I'm just like, yeah. it's the freedom I have. Yeah. to say what's on my fucking to, mind. To tell the truth out loud about something as straightforward and obvious as white supremacist culture, right? And be able to say it out loud and have people respond publicly to you feels like the bravest shit right it feels right. like uh you know when you're you're 19 and you first get a little conscious and you're like i'm gonna you know i'm gonna be the guy saying this thing i'm gonna Let's be burn the bank and yeah yeah exactly right first size office and whatever. then you you know you have a kid and you kind of, you're like ah man let me but you can go to twitter and be that person again and there's an all a, a voice for it and there's an audience for it i think that is radical and that is the same as what drew me to having a blog 14, 15 years ago was I know I have something to say. I know there are people out there. I know there are my people out there that agree and I don't see them and I'm not going to, you know, back then I had a desk job and was just, you know, pushing buttons and I was never like, I couldn't stand up at work and be like this dude I'm sitting next to is super racist and I'm tired of it. Right. But you don't think the whitewash will come through technology like the whitewash will always come down? I, I, I'm telling you guys earlier, I started a blog because I love watching Nova. And I mm-hmm. love watching Nat Geo on, on PBS. Mm-hmm. But everywhere these, these guys would go, they'd be deep in Africa. And I'd hear this, this British narrator. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it would be a guy, right? It's, it's fucking Michael Caine. Yeah. And I'm like, what, what the fuck does Michael Caine know about Madagascar. What does Michael Caine <laughs> know about you know these people that that no one has seen? Yes. Not white people, black. No one's seen these people in a, in a thousand years. Yeah. Well, it's our choices, right? We have agency as people of color, as minorities, as whatever our identity is, in a way we didn't before. Right. Where we can choose: Are we going to keep telling our own story, or are we going to mortgage it? And there may be good reason to do so for the economic benefits around it, right? So your Twitter account, it's a little compromised because it is run by a company, 
but can we overall make a Twitter, a Facebook, and Instagram listen to our wishes? We absolutely can. The, the key is we have to see the fact that the terms of service we agree to when we use an app trump our constitutional rights. There is no First Amendment on Facebook. There is no First Amendment on Instagram. And so we have no official redress for them when they do wrong when these rights are taken away or whatever but they exist only by our permission they only have value with our contribution and we over index right so we have you know black folks on twitter have twice the economic power they do in any other medium because they are over indexing there so to be mindful of that to say you know to twitter you don't have any people of color on your board mm. and you need to, to just one, to tap into the business opportunity for yourselves, but two, to do right by the community service. And we're making you rich and we're making, we're you making rich. your fortune. Yeah. Then, then there's a very clear argument to be made. And I think the trick is now we're, we're literate enough and these tools are great for organizing. They're great for organizing. And so, um, can we use them that way? And then, you know, for me, frankly, starting a company and thinking about how I optimize for that kind of empowerment while still hopefully making a lot of money and having a big company, you know, like that's all good. Like right. I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, a monk, but being able to go and say, you can, you can organize, you can build, you know, your, your voice and it's to the benefit of that network. Right, it works in favor of it. It's not intentional. You're not doing a favor. It. Yeah, because you're also not crowding anybody out. I think one of the reasons why things got whitewashed, why things got shut down, when you know whatever whatever medium you want to say, if you want to take hip hop and you say you know the kind of classic refrain of well, whatever happened to a BDP, a PE? Why don't we have those now? Why are we being whitewashed? There were limited slots, mm-hmm. even on satellite radio. There were only so many slots. And now if we have infinite slots and it's just about going back to attracting that audience, then they would have to more explicitly be censoring us. And that's bad economics. That's, that's just bad. It's it, bad it, PR. Yeah, it's bad <laughs> PR and it's bad economics. Right. And, and PR is a perfect way to phrase it because TOS is how we call terms of service. PR trumps TOS 100% of the 100%. time. 100%. And, and What's up, Barney's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and facts only, man. Like right. that, that, <laughs> facts only. Yeah, like, like they just you can make them look bad and we know how to do it now. And I think that's incredibly powerful. And I think that that's the thing I'm betting on with, you know, with the work I'm doing now with think of is that people want to believe in the company that they're spending their time with. They want to they're living with have. Yeah. They, they know the company has to be accountable to them. And the more you can go, like we're going all the way the other way. I'm like, here's our terms of service. Y'all edit it. And just like go in like Wikipedia and make changes to it and let's see what we come up with. And and people have done that before. I mean, and we're, we're not inventing that, but I think being able to really push that out front. Those are the things that, you know what, a tenth of one percent of people are ever even going to look at that. You don't, right. you don't look at it before you hit I agree when iTunes updates. What we're saying is, well, if you're like, but I know one of the people I follow did look at it. Right. Then there's a little bit of accountability. There's that cosign, and yeah. right. And this was the, you know, this was the promise of the of the web was that we were going to have that bit of accountability. And this is the thing, the positive aspects of democracy, representation, whatever, was that 
that idea that we were going to have a say in these things. And that is something the web is really good at, if you mm. let it be. Mm. Um, tell us more about Thinko. Um, what exactly will it provide? It's, it's an app. You, you, you sign in, you connect it to your Facebook account, your Twitter account, mm. whatever else. And it, uh, <laughs> it is corny, but I'm going to say it anyway. The goal is that it makes you happy about all the time you're spending online. Yeah, it's a happy. Yeah, I, I read about that. Yeah, it's supposed and, to make you happy. Yeah, and and, the, oh, and so the, I just press a like button. All the time? <laughs> no, in fact, it's 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 the opposite. <laughs> so what it does is it looks at what you've done and it'll say, you know what, the three things you said this week that made people happiest. Here's what they were. For me, it told me this is true. It said my um, so I have like I don't know 150,000 followers on Facebook, and it said the one person who liked more of my stuff on Facebook than anybody else last week is my mother. Mm. <laughs> right so I mean you know Asian mom it's right. not that surprising but it was still like that's my mom's that's your mom. you know like She's, that was great she I fucks called, with me my mom yeah. fucks with She's me stalking I call I call my <laughs> I call my mom yeah. right so like our killer app is like call your mom right or um, if I haven't posted a photo on Instagram in a couple of days and you know it knows like you know people like to see photos of my son or whatever they'll be like you should put up a photo you haven't put a photo in a so it gives days. you suggestions of how to move in social media. Yeah, it's a little bit of the prompts about what to do, but right. it's also, some of the stuff is just, um, Gina, my co-founder, she built, like in an afternoon, she built the, one of the first features where we're like, okay, this thing's working really well. And it was, how much do I talk about myself? Mm. And for her, it was like in a week, it was like eight times. And she's like, man, I should probably, you know, cut curb, back curb, on it. Curb back, right. Yeah, and for me, it was like 140 times. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like that, you know, I would have been like, oh, I talk about myself a little bit more than she does. But it's like, that's all day, every day, right. you know? And and so that sort of having a mirror up to what I do. Mm. And, it, you know, the, the thing honestly we're struggling with right now as we build it is I'm like, how do I tell you that in a way that makes you feel like I can do better as opposed to I feel bad? As opposed to discouraging you. you know? I, I, I need or that, maybe it's all right. I need that app to, to also be able to connect to my uh, my prescription meds. <laughs> and remind me something. Yeah, Just you need give a me dose. A prompt. Tell yeah. me, hey, listen, dude, you're all right. We dude. had a dude today, today. It's all, it's <laughs> and people like you. Yeah. So listen, this you're is fine, off. Dallas, and people Or like too you. much yeah. food on your Instagram. Or... You're good enough. You're <laughs> smart enough. Yeah. Um, so that's like a rub on the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. There's a dude today that uh, hooked it up to Fitbit, that thing you put like on your wrist or yeah. your waist mm -hmm. that tells you how much you want. And, um, and which is, it's open source. And we hadn't even, like, we hadn't even talked about what if you hook it up to a Fitbit or a Nike fuel band? And this dude did this all on his own. And uh, I haven't even had a chance to look at it yet, but he just, I just saw that he did it. And I thought, my gosh, if I could do, you are being grumpy as shit on Twitter right now. Why don't you go for a walk? <laughs> because you haven't gotten off your ass off right. the couch today. That would change my life. I because I that. know when I get into I stupid that. beef and I come back, you know, you go, you have lunch. You're like, God, I didn't eat today. You come back, and you're like, I, really? I got into this? No, I this need dude? that, Anil. I yeah. need that. Th this these, is... these past two weeks, I've been getting oh, like crazy. real mean yeah, tw yeah. Tw yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. Like, I'm like, go crazy. fuck yourself. Like, yeah. Like, what yeah. are you doing, combat? I just been getting, I mean, I've been, I don't know. Love? I've never Holy been Lord. so personal Where's the love, on man? Twitter What's as that? I've been over these past it's two weeks. And I know I get my usual trolls like this morning. This guy's been trolling me for three years. Yeah. Three fucking years. Sure. And 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 his beef like is his day job. I don't shit on Elliot Wilson. Why don't you um, shit on Elliot? I like Elliot. I know he's a good guy. I like Elliot. Him. Yeah. You know I I don't shit on Elliot Wilson. Why are you supposed to? Shit I don't. On me? He's I good I don't. I don't fucking shit on new rap music. 
Uh-huh. And he hates me talking about white privilege. Who is this? Uncut? But he loves he no, it's not. <laughs> but but he loves listening to the podcast. Oh, and I was like, I oh, wish, fuck yourself. I wish this dude would follow me so I can tell him to go fuck himself too. <laughs> I, but that's what I did, and I haven't said that shit since 2011. So it's like I'm starting oh, to get. You're I'm, off the wagon. He's going I'm, crazy. I'm, I'm going crazy. Oh. Dallas, do you know that? Uh, I'm telling people go combat, fuck themselves. Combat calls someone an Uncle Tom on last fucking, week. Oh, Twitter last week. Man, yeah, because yeah. he's like, oh, the kid shouldn't have been shop, shopping at Barney. Go fuck oh, yourself. No. <laughs> Yeah, so he's but but I'm you. losing it right, because of all this shit that's going yeah, on yeah. in my environment or in right. my extended environment, and I'm taking that shit that's, personally. That's where we're headed. I mean, I I keep thinking about. I don't it. like being mean on social media. Can I tell you the realest shit ever? This is like this was the like, who the fuck am I? Right, looking in the mirror thing, which was my son's two and a half. I have spent more time reading my Twitter timeline since he was born than I have spent reading to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? I can relate, and yeah. and I'm like. I don't. Do that, you is read that your Twitter timeline to him? <laughs> <laughs> solve problem solved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. Son, son, do you know what shit happened in Scandal? Do you know? I got to tell you right now. Do you know you so, mentioned before? Hold on, let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. So. No, I was just say it's yeah. That, I would just be reading like Carrie. Carrie's got a white coat on, son. No, I, I um, no, I thought about that a long time, and um, and then and, and the first thing was like you know knowledge of yourself. I was like, you know what? It's not going to change. Right. I'll read to him more. But ultimately, it's not going to change. And so then the question is, well, what did I get from it? And then if I look back at my life the last 15 years from being on social media, being a blogger, being on the web, I got my career. I got my wife. I got my friends. I got my whole life. Right. I got from being on the web. Right. And so this medium can do powerful and amazing and beautiful and life changing like, things. Right. I just have to make sure I'm on track. You're balanced. And right now, if I'm on Twitter and Facebook, the only way you can see what I'm really doing, get a real feel for what I'm interested in spending time on, is if you're an advertiser. Mm. They can know. They can know. They can know. Right. But I can't know. So why can't I know as much as Pepsi knows mm-hmm. about, about me about when they want to buy an ad put in front of me on Twitter or on Facebook? Because you're not a lab rat, that's rat right. God damn it. And that's it. And so if I can know that much, then... I can find the grace, the kinship, the, the value in all that time spent to tell my son when he's old enough to ask, Daddy, why are you all staring at your damn phone? I say, some part of it is, son, I'm paying the rent. I'm paying the rent. I'm right? working. I'm working. Yeah, I'm working. Daddy's working. Right, Daddy's working. And some of it is his friend just moved, you know, out of the country. And I'm like, I'm talking to your friend's daddy so we can find some time for you all to play together or mm. go on FaceTime. Whatever it is, but I you're can, in the I equation can, now. You're I can contextualize right. it, yeah, and that is the thing that was missing for me. And admittedly, this isn't what everybody wants. Some people are just like, whatever. I took a picture of lunch and I put it up on Instagram. I don't so need what, any of this. bitch? Yeah, which is fine. Right. And I don't. If there's a billion, one point two billion people on Facebook, okay, I only need a hundred and twenty million of them to use this app. Right. I only want ten percent. That's a rounding error to them, but that's good for me. And I think 10% of people on social media are like, I'd like to be a little bit better at it. I'd like to be a little bit more mindful. And that's what ThinkUp does. I, I need that. I mean, uh, two days ago, I made dinner at home and my two teenage sons sit at the table and both of them are locked in on their iPhones. I'm mm-hmm. like, put the shit away. And they're like, you mm-hmm. do the same shit. Yeah. So they're not going to, they're too. not going to listen to me. No, they're not going to listen to me. But if they had some shit that we were all plugged into. I like mm-hmm. the fact that they also told you to do the same shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like your house. Kids like, don't lie, don't, man. Yeah, don't don't like my house. Cursing, everyone cursing at each other. No, I curse at them. 
It's one way. Right. One no, way. but I mean, but we, we, we're we also setting a standard. You know, I get mad at my daughter that she's always on the phone, but meanwhile, I'm always on the phone. Right. You know, yeah. we eat, we come to a point in time where I remember where I used to love to eat and read a newspaper. Now I love to eat and look at my phone. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, this is what happens. But, you know, earlier you mentioned to Combat that you chose to favorite one of his tweets. Yeah. What, what was the reason behind that? Because you seem like you were, you know, you had some type of information. Yeah. So the favoriting is is the signal. Is the like, it's, I got you. It's right. the head nod on the sidewalk, and so I like to do that a lot. And um, and we were talking about. I was talking earlier about like, how do you retweet? How do you favorite? One of the things I did with being able to see the data of what I was doing on Twitter was I tried to keep a pretty even balance of um, men and women that I follow on Twitter and done a pretty good job. It's like, I don't know, it's like 52% or something one way or the other. I don't remember. Um, and you do this just by looking, like, whatever. Like, how, like, do you, how do you, you, you... Because the app can go and look and see these names generally. And you do this through ThinkUp. Yeah, well, this was actually, this was before we had built it into right. ThinkUp, and so um, there was a, I forget even the name of the service, but it just, you would sign in and it would tell you you follow demo. X percentage. Right. You're right. And and it was like, I, I need know, more white in my in my life. Yeah, I, I do. I, I got to get out the ghetto. I love okay? I love I love white folks. You know, so I, 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 I got to get out the ghetto. Some of my best friends are white, so if you need a hookup, yeah, I, I need can, I need a hookup. I need to get out the hood, man. Um, and too uh, much world star shit going on. That's so <laughs> funny. That's so funny that he said that. He said some of my best friends are white. Usually, yeah. it's like some yeah, of my best friends are that's black. That's where I'm going. Yeah. But you know, I think um, what was interesting to me was I looked at it and I was like, all right, I'm doing all right in terms of who I follow. Like I, I follow a lot of women and whatever. And then I looked at um, who I retweet, and it was 80-some percent men. And I thought, so here I am. I'm, I'm privileged with the audience that I have. I didn't earn it. I got it by being a suggested user list. And who am I choosing to amplify? Is it who needs to be amplified? Or is it people who already have a voice? And and it was funny because I said, let me just do this. This is my New Year's resolution. And this is actually, I think this is the first time I'm talking about this publicly. I've said this privately. This is the place to do it, man. Um, let it go. Let my it go. New Year's resolution for this year was let me just retweet women and maybe sometimes like organizations or institutions, but especially if I know that, you know, a, a woman is running the organization, but basically just retweet women. And I found it like, um, you know, there was a gadget launch, some iPhone or something, whatever was coming out. And I almost like I was about to click on like, let me retweet this dude. And I thought, you know, everybody's talking about this. There's right. plenty of women that have as much insight into this. But I was either just amplifying the usual voices or was I trying to win favor with the guy mm. if I amplified you because mm. I got a big audience and I hooked you up. Right. And um, and that was interesting because it made me think about why was I doing it and I hadn't been mindful. Mm. And I don't ever want to not be mindful, least of all in the areas where I have the most privilege. Right. And so that was something to really reckon with was I knew I was privileged and still didn't act right. Right. And uh, and that really stuck with me. And it's funny because I um <laughs> the only exception was uh, I follow uh, Third Eye Girl, which is Prince's band. Okay. And they're all women. Um, and then they were making these jokes that I retweeted, and it turns out Prince had taken over the Twitter account for them. Huh. So I thought I was retweeting at first. Yeah, exactly. Like an all-woman band. That's so Prince, man. But it was Prince, and I was like, you know what? That's I only retweet up. women and Prince. Right. I'm good. Okay, like, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Like, that's that's the exception. It's like, if you're Prince, you can get in. Right. No heat from your lady for all these women retweets? No, she gets it. Okay. She's, oh, man, she's good people. So, 
Yeah, it was simple because, um, you know, what I said to her is like, to be a feminist, this is literally the least I can do. <laughs> I'm not marching in the street. I'm not like You're not boycotting. I'm not. Right? Yeah, I'm not escorting somebody right. into a clinic. Right, right, right. I'm just retweeting. Yeah. Like it's the least I could do. So pink and, collar shirt. Yeah, pff, that's every day, Breast man. That's yeah. Like I'm, you know, yeah. I, awareness, man. Shit. Oh, really? Is it such a thing as breast cancer? No, I didn't no, no, know. This is to the month to get breast cancer. All right. Yeah. No, that's, stop. Stop. <laughs> Stop, man. No, but I mean, that was the thing is I was like, the least I could do is right. to be like, let me be a voice for this because there's no risk to me. In fact, like, and I don't mean this in an asshole way. Maybe I do, but like. It doesn't so, take somebody, anything to retweet. If somebody unfollows me, I don't even notice. Mm. Like, You're I can't good. even to, It's a rounding error because they don't have enough digits in the Twitter app mm -hmm. to tell me how many followers I got. Mm. So just they, it's just K, yeah. K, yeah. So it's whatever, 430K or whatever it is. So I'm like, if you unfollow me, I don't even know. So shit, I'm good at 15k. Didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. So like, it doesn't mean anything right. to me. So that that made it real easy. So like, a zero cost way to amplify the voice of people that don't get a fair shake in the media sphere is like, this is that's what I was born to do. Mm. That's easy. Good shit, man. Good shit. One last question, because yeah. we got to wrap it up, man. Yeah. Um, growing up, I was a science fiction fan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at these evolved beings that come to visit <laughs> mm -hmm. Earth and they have these, you know, big ass heads and yep. they're not communicating, but they're moving shit through their mind. Yep. And when I look at social media right now, it's kind of like the mm -hmm. same thing. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting in my in my car because I spend a lot of time in my car mm -hmm. and I just put out what's what immediately comes up in my mind. Mm -hmm. And then nine out of ten, it materializes in my real life. That's right. In my real world. Like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll talk about, you know, fucking jordans or fucking mm -hmm. uh, recipe or you i, I, I was mm -hmm. like anil i want to yeah wanna, you wanna, conjured my shit i was i, I, I want to talk to you i wasn't even in the country and you this was last me. week and here yeah. you are and here i am um and thank you so much so you, the shit that i'm pondering right now is are we evolving as a species mm. through technology you know i'm sort of i think the science's evolution happens on such a slow ass scale that we're going to have to have had computers for 10,000 years. But every now and then there's an explosion. Yes, yes. This could be a, a moment of punctuated equilibrium right. where we're that's right. accelerating. Word of the day. That's um, that's the that's the evolutionary term. <laughs> yeah. That's Regent Darwin, man. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't, uh, I think where, where we're having the biggest impact is on our social norms. Mm. Those are evolving really quickly. And I see um, folks born like after you know, 1985 or so have a very different definition of what public and fame means. Mm -hmm. And folks born before that want to say, oh, well, millennials just want to get famous and they care about celebrity culture and reality TV and whatever. And it's just so bullshit. Man. Yeah. But I think also the reason it feels that way is because that is the mechanism of self-realization. That is the public into which they're born. And that is the, way in which they start to define and find themselves and it'll it'll be different when they're older but that's um an option we just didn't have and so the fact that or even the classic people bitching about somebody having a phone out at the restaurant or whatever you know put it away like see i, I didn't even get to talk about the shushers thing man. yeah anyway, oh, next man. time <laughs> next time 
Ain't enough time in lifetime yeah. to go back to that. Um, Piss people off with that, man. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so all these social norms, whether it's should you text at a movie, should you have your phone out at a restaurant, whatever, it's really good that people are getting upset about the change because it means the change is happening. And the change is real. Yeah. It's and real. and it's, it's um, you know, I I, uh, <laughs> I really upset my father-in-law because you know, it was right after the Miley Cyrus twerk thing happened and I said, this is just the twist panic. Uh, young people Chuck, move yeah. the yeah, yeah. young Chuck, people Chuck. yeah, and so when young people move their hips in a way that evokes black culture, folks get scared and nervous. And that's it, right? Yeah. And I feel like um, you know, social media changing the way we interact face to face feels scary and disruptive because it's rock and roll all over again. You know, because it's it's oh well, I'm having to reckon with the fact that they did make something new. Mm. And these young people are using it as their native language. And, you know, I felt blogs were like, were to the web what sitcoms were to TV. This is the native idiom, the native format of this medium. This is what it was born to do. Um, you know, and, and that that sort of really came as a revelation to me. And now the fact that somebody like me who came from that era is feeling challenged by the way the social media is being used today is awesome i want to find that 20 year old who's doing something smart or has an idea for an app and she's like doing things that make me afraid mm. and make me scared make me uncomfortable because that means the evolution's happening but like don't right. yeah I think, I think you found her i think this that six or seven year old jamaican girl yeah <laughs> she's on it i'm sure yeah yeah well, Anil, man, this has been an honor. I mean, I didn't know what the fuck we were really going to talk about, but this is actually one of my favorite episodes, man, In terms, of, just in terms of talking about shit that we don't ordinarily talk about, man. Anything you need from us, anything you need to push. Thank you. I appreciate I'm, that. I'm just a tweet away, man. Yeah, you know? well, I, for the chance to get to talk to you and uh, to be a peer to all the other people you have in the show, let alone to yourself, and to kind of show you run, uh, it's a real privilege. I appreciate uh, thank you. it. Thank you. Thank you, man. And 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 when are you guys launching uh, Think Up? Uh, we're going to launch January 15th, and we're doing a Kickstarter style crowdsourcing uh crowdfunding campaign right now so it's, is it, are you in the midst of it's, the it's running right now okay. until november 15th so direct direct our audience you can go to thinkup.com we got the dot com which i'm pretty proud of nice you go there um uh if you want to pledge uh, and back us um there's like 60 dollars or 120 dollars and you get a book i'm actually, we're actually writing a book from scratch with interviews with crazy crazy people uh we're gonna put it up on the site but just everybody you can imagine from like you know, the founders of the big social networks to members of Congress, to billionaires, to rappers, to artists, all in this book talking about where social media is headed. Struggle rappers? Some. Okay. And some that have... Oh, so this is a real... It's a real, real thing. Okay. Yeah. And so, like, that idea of all those people talking about where social media is headed for you to be able to learn from and say, all right, here's what it means to me. Um, That's what that's what consumes 24-7. That is, like, the obsession. Nice. And I'm I'm so excited about it. And really honored to get the chance to talk to you about it too. nice well we'll be watching man and good luck with that internets man this has been a great episode anything you want to say dallas oh man i i uh, went to lord and taylor mm-hmm. bought an awesome uh, polo sweater okay half price off the ticket what and then another uh with the coupon 20 so off. when are you gonna pop these tags um <laughs> i'll probably pop the tags tomorrow huh? i like it that much but i didn't get profiled i didn't get arrested i made it down here to the podcast nice all right it was so, a good day yeah today was a good day today's mm-hmm. a good day January fifteenth. I feel like that's like that's like Martin Luther King's Junior Holiday Week. That is that that's mm-hmm. his birthday. Mm-hmm. Oh man, is that significant? 
it's coincidence, but we're not unhappy about there it. There you go, rocket, the, rocket, rocket, rocket. There you go, pre and repeat. Um, I mean, listen, like you said, it's definitely good to talk about something different sometimes. You know, I think that's the great dynamic of our show that we could sit with anybody and really have some either funny talks, great talks, or definitely inspirational talks. You know, and that's definitely uh, insp- uh, listen, inspirational. I, no, I definitely, I, I really like uh, you know everything you spoke about and your analogy of uh, stuff, you know, and I look forward to checking out the tank up. That's right. Well, internets, you know what it is, man. Dream those dreams and then man up and live those dreams because the life without dreams is black and white and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Ow. Newman